Welcome to Molly Winnard Podcast, episode 53. I'm your host, James. And I am your host, Chris. How are you, James? I am very well, thanks, Chris. How's, how's things going with you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Just uh, yeah. starting to get back to the post-CanCon hobbying. Um, yeah, me too, yeah. So, yep. yeah, it's kind of... I mean, CanCon, we said on the last show, was going to be the topic of the next show. So, um, yeah, it's obviously what we're going to be kind of talking about in this episode. But um, there was obviously yeah. hobby and stuff um, in the lead up to that for for both of us, I think. So if we, um, yeah, generally have our chit chat on what we've been doing, what we did up to yeah. CanCon and then what we've been doing since. Because um, yeah. I know you had, uh, what, five blood knights that you decided to add to your army fairly <laughs> late on. Yeah, yep. I uh yeah I made that cardinal the cardinal sin of um painting right up until the last minute on the night before the tournament so <laughs> I think I just got them done like you know I was in bed after midnight the night before had to drive down to, from Godwin to Canberra and I missed out on all the shenanigans on Friday night because of it as well so which probably worked in my favor though <laughs> they did not work in mine. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work in yours, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. In the lead up, because you know, last the last um, episode, I was talking about how this idea is about like my a swine's head, like you know, two pronged kind of, you know, in my mind, power list uh, with lots of grave guard and all that sort of stuff. But it, yeah, it was a pipe dream. Um, so I just shuffled around some list list building and end up. Um, yeah, taking the big drog, of course, uh, which I've been having a lot of fun playing with that model. Um, and yeah, I had a, actually had a practice game with Duncan, my, my good friend Duncan Cross. Um, and yeah, he had some nice blood knights, like the new models. Because um, I've got the you know the the games or miniatures like Mournful Knights, which are metal and they're cool, but it's just like it was. I wanted. I've I've had a box of the new blood knights in my you know, pile of potential for a while. So yeah. I thought now's, now's the time to do it. So I got inspired about a week out or maybe two weeks out and um, yeah, competing with work and everything else. So I, yeah, I was right up to the wall getting these, getting these models painted. Um, yeah. Didn't get a lot of sleep in the week up in the week leading up to it either. I was in, into bed late every night and up early each day. So yeah, by the time CanCon came around, I was pretty, I was pretty gone already. So yeah i was kind of i was kind of grateful i wasn't didn't get roped into the uh the soju shot bonanza <laughs> on um <laughs> with um, the d3 uh boys on on the friday night <laughs> yes yeah. um yeah no i felt you i was the same kind of painting fairly late most evenings in the kind of week uh week leading up to kencon um trying to get all my um my fulminators done and uh yeah like as always you you, you get there um, I probably got, I probably got about ninety percent there of what I would wanted to do. The the time saving was the other six. The just the teeth, um, the teeth, horns, and claws are literally just like a wash of the skeleton bone yeah. contrast at the um, mm. at the moment. Whereas the two that I had finished um, months before are actually kind of layered up with like four or five different layer paints and actually painted quite nicely on all the claws and horns and everything. So I didn't quite have enough time to get them to the same standard as the first two, but um, 90% they were there um, and that you wouldn't really know looking at them from the tabletop. So I was pretty happy um, yeah. and everything, but um, 
I had the fortune of at least I had planned to go down like early. So I flew down Thursday morning. So I had like all of Thursday, all of Friday to just kind of chill and hang out and stuff. So I wasn't painting on those days at least. So it's not yeah. like I was painting till midnight on the Friday, ready for the Saturday morning kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's called being smart. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was good. Like I, it forced me to obviously have them done a bit sooner. Um, but it, yeah, I didn't want to be taking my paints and having to try and paint in the cabin at the caratel and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. got them done. Uh, the, the, the drama I'll face now though, is the inevitable. Will I bother spending a week of evenings getting the models out and painting those teeth, claws and horns? <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to forever sit, sit at that standard. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I will. I'll try and do it when I paint my star drakes and stuff like that. I'll um, I'll be like, right now, I'm doing the teeth, claws, and horns. Let's get those other six out and yeah, just yeah, add them to that batch. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of like I'm in in the same boat with um like the blood knots, the blood knights uh, banner. Um, I did a slap shot on that, and <laughs> it looks good, but like I, it's kind of I want to go back and repaint it so it's um more in line with my, with the other banners in the army, um, just with some like night Lords, like deep light night Lords blue kind of base with the red, um, for the detail. And that will kind of, that'll, um, kind of marry up with the, with the other banners in the, in the army better. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go back and do that as well. When I, I've actually since CanCon, um, I've been getting into the new GHB reading, reading up on that, um, you know, with the Galician champions, yeah. Uh, so yeah, kind of a lot of uh, thought around list writing. Um, so for death, it's um, Galician champions. I've got the choice from necromancers, vampire lords, and um, white kings on foot. So I've been writing lists based on like having more of those in my army. Um, I always usually have a vampire lord on foot anyway, but I figured kind of need a, a hero killer character. So Bloodseeker Palanquin is perfect for that. Yeah, a um, couple of vampires, um, a necromancer, and a white king as the general. So then I can have, um, oh, and also in Castellai. So all of my units in the army are all battle line. <laughs> um, so I have my blood knights, my grave guard, skeleton warriors. Um, yeah, they'll be my my battle line and my most of my units. So um, yeah, so I've started building and painting. I'm going to do a unit of thirty um, skeleton warriors to add to that army. Um, with oh, the yeah. new skeleton, with the new skeleton warrior, um, the new uh, box, the new box, yeah. So yeah, I've got I've got the ten from Co City, and I'll paint up a box and combine them into one big unit. So and then I can split them out to three tens if I need to, and all that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, that's kind of like where I'm going with hobby since CanCon. Um, but yeah, spoiler alert: we'll be um, launching our Taylor Four Gamers. Uh, within the next week or two um so we'll, more about that later but um that's pretty much me for hobby um in the lead up to cancon and post cancon just a bit of building um and a bit of last minute painting for the event but um what have, have you been doing much since um cancon uh only last couple of days to be honest uh this week actually mm. i um yeah i i finally kind of fixed my deep kin after their uh Oh, after their, their tragedy, their journey yeah. through um, yeah. airport security's conveyor belt. Um, mm. I yeah, uh, kind of yeah. I finally opened that tower and just 
got all the pieces and kind of glued it back together and it's not yeah. it's not it's not too bad but it was just one of those things where looking back at it, it just kind of brings back painful memories and I hope I don't get that like every time I play with the army just get the, the horror but um they're, fi <laughs> they're fixed um and it, it, it wasn't too it wasn't too bad in the end um and so yeah and then the next thing I've been doing is um basically building a custom um I know boo hiss incarnate for my deepkin oh wicked so yeah. i um i'm showing james now but yeah i had the um eldar i guess the 40k eldar avatar which i'd love that model as soon as i saw it um, it's huge yeah and mm. then it's very much like mathlan kind of anyway very much like an avatar eidolon kind of thing but his spear is obviously a lot bigger and yeah. then i have i never used the swirls on my prime and they're perfect so i kind of positioned the swirls um in a way that um, on the front of one of my shipwrecks, because I have yeah. two of the shipwreck kits, because when I first played my Deepkin, I was um, running the artifact where you summon the extra boat, but after doing it, I don't really think it's worth it. So yeah. um, I kind of have a spare boat, essentially. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of am using one of my boats um as to kind of mounted on yeah. yeah yeah as a as a base for um basically mm. a, a, a deepkin cut like specific incarnate um yeah so yeah, awesome. the, yeah the prime swirls kind of go up through the middle of one of the boats and then the um avatar is like th up through the middle of the swirls and then i've taken a bunch of like the fish and stuff from um just the like various deepkin kits and like yeah. glued glued like little fish going around the swirls and then i have the yeah, cool. spine the spine fin bigger fish from the um underworld because underworld, yeah. i'd used a couple of i'd used the elethane from that as the base model for my converted thrall master and i'd used the spear guy um and put him on my um leviadon as one of the crew on the back so i'd already used like two of them so i just used the fish as well kind of to finish off one of the swirls and yeah i'm just gonna go over it with some green stuff um and there's a few bits and just cover up like the sigma iconography and the hammers and and yeah. things like that and maybe just try and make the comets look more like waves i guess more like water than comets yeah um or bubbles and then, <laughs> and then yeah and then um kind of when that's done i'll um spray it um and paint it up in the same scheme as the rest of the army and i've managed to get it in a way where it's completely detached from the boat yeah. because the boat's already painted so i've just put the boat on a base i've got yeah. to get a resin i've got to get a like 130 mil um silicon mold um yeah for that base because that's not a normal size like none of the existing ones i have from green stuff world are anywhere near that big um, yeah. So I've had a, I've had a look online and I have found a, a place that sells a uh, 130 mil one. Oh, great. So I just I just need to buy that and then that's for I the can... resin resin for the water the water yeah. bits around the bottom. Yeah, yeah. so the, yeah. the basing matches the rest of my army. Um, so yeah. I'll just have to yeah. do the sand kind of texture paint and the tough um the vibrant tufts and the like moss coral kind of stuff I've got on the whole army. Do that on the eidolon's base and then just resin pour that and then. Yeah, paint up the Eidolon in the kind of pink and yellow um, that I've done with the rest of the army and then yeah. glue him down. And then, yeah, I've kind of got, he's the last thing I'm going to add basically to the army and I'll have, uh, yeah, like a custom kind of incarnate 
to go with my Deepkin if I want to run that because I think looking forward to the new GHB, my first list I'm going to go to I think is going to be Deepkin because I think they're in a very good mm. spot. Um, mm-hmm. They have lots of GCs and I have lots of GCs. Like the Deepkin list I ran last year at Border War had like yep. six had like six heroes in it. Um, yeah. So yeah. I've got all of those kind of foot heroes that are GCs. Um, and obviously Deepkin has the benefit that they can't be shot. So even if people are in sharpshooters, they still can't be shot because you've got to shoot the closest unit for Deepkin. Yeah. So um, yeah. I think that will give the Deepkin quite a good advantage in the new GHB and loads of the new battle tactics, like in the new six missions anyway, with the that use the GCs. Yeah, yeah. Having lots of GCs, I think, and like it, it's more the battle tactics as well. There's yeah. loads of battle tactics that you suddenly unlock if you have decent GCs. Um, That's it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think Deepkin looking at kind of I guess the meta and the um, well more from a scenario and game edition, I think they should be quite good. Um, so yeah, there there'll be an army that I have ready to go as well that I definitely need to play with more because I've only played with them at one event. <laughs> yeah. Before the, yeah. Before the tragedy, so um, yeah, it would be good to get them back yeah. on the table because it is an army that. It's definitely my best painted army. Like it, it is really nice. So I, I need yeah, to get it back out and, and play with it more. And yeah, having a custom incarnate will be pretty cool as well. It'll add to that kind of rule of cool where I would hope that maybe I can potentially pick up a couple of coolest army votes somewhere. Yes. Yeah, because of the resin basing and stuff like that. Um yeah. I, I'm never gonna win anything or votes of best painted. That's not that's not the goal, but it would be nice to at least kind of present the army for coolest and actually feel like, do you know what, I might get a couple of votes. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think having the custom incarnate will do that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, wicked. Cool. Shall we um shall we talk about our games uh, just run briefly run through our games at um CanCon? Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say should we crack into the uh the main topic and kind of yeah. go through our our weekends um experiences at, at cancon um obviously you said that you didn't get there like until kind of the friday night like late yeah and well, i actually arrived at the venue um with probably about 10 minutes to spare <laughs> on, <laughs> on saturday morning <laughs> um i got there just in time so but yeah it wasn't um yeah i basically walked up to the table just in time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um, ready to crack into it but um yeah, so should, um, should I kick it off first game? Yeah, go for or it. Or did you want to talk about Friday night? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, obviously, there was the whole, like, we'd, <laughs> we'd arrived on the Thursday, or I had, and then I, I got to the Caratel, and then Jet turned up like an hour later, and we kind of went and hung out and just waited for the others in our group to kind of arrive. Um, and then we went to Jolt Games um, on the Thursday afternoon yep. and just played a couple of kind of practice games. Um, yes, a jolt, which was good. Um, Jet had his Iron Blaster list and and beat me. Um, in oh no, no, it was a dead. It was actually a dead draw. Um, like, but he was destroying me through the whole game. I was just like playing the objectives with my tree revs because everything else was just dying. Um, but it would be like one turn, he'd just shoot his Iron Blaster, the two shots into my six long strikes that were on the other side of the board, and he'd just be like, both hit, both wound, twelve damage, take them off, and I was just like. <laughs> 
So um, <laughs> that was a good that was a good practice game to get to play Jet. Um, and yeah, that was a dead draw. Um, and then uh, Friday we then just had Brecky, um, and then went and kind of helped Clint set up um, at the venue, um, which yeah we needed to do because he needed a lot of help to be honest. Um, like if the four of us hadn't gone and helped from the start as well, like I think they might have still been setting up on the Saturday morning. Um, it was a lot to do. Um, obviously like all the terrain and like 200 players is like obviously a massive amount of work. Mm, yeah. Um, like to go and get the boards and then line up all the sets of three and then go through all the tubs tape of terrain. Them. Yeah. Tape them all. We had to tape all, <laughs> all of the boards to size. Um, and then go through all the tubs of terrain, which after last year, like didn't get packed away into like sets. So we spread out, all the terrain, we spread out all the terrain over like a bunch of tables. And then between all of us were spending ages kind of grouping it all into sets and then going out and then running back around the hall, putting all of the kind of ter- the um, mysterious terrain token yeah. effects across the boards and then running back and forth and being like, Oh, we're missing one on this table. We need another piece of terrain on this table and just all that stuff. Like it, it was a big job. Um, yeah. Yeah. So kind of did that for about five hours um, on the Saturday, uh, on the Friday. And then a lot of people were, had been talking about the Friday night barbecue that happens at CanCon. Um, like myself included, like I was looking forward to it. And then I kind of, I, I got there on the Thursday and I was like, has anyone actually organized this though? Because obviously when it happened, like it was like doom and darkness did it like the big one that, which, cause it's been a few years, right. Since there's been a gang on. Yeah. Um, and, but it was great. And a lot of people are at the carousel or they come for it for the social. Um, but then I was like, I know a lot of people are expecting the barbecue, but I don't actually know who has organized it. So I had a feeling no one had, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, I kind of messaged Clint and said, hey, has anyone actually organized this? And he was like, no, it's not like it's not happening this year. No one's organized it. So I was like, OK, went and spoke mm. to the people at the Caratel and just basically booked the room. Yeah, um, booked. I booked the big hall and kind of just did a post and said, hey, the hall has been booked. So everyone has a space that they can come and hang out and we can use the barbecue, et cetera. Um, yeah. But but kind of said it's Bring not. It's not the barbecue. Sort your own food out, etc. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit <laughs> obviously not organized. Last but then, minute. <laughs> but then I'm I'm glad that I did because we did have a bunch of people turn up in the end and just hang yeah. out and and stuff. Um, That's good. And that gave people space to hang out at least. So um, that was good. Um, but yeah, it was quite a big night for me um, with drinking. <laughs> Um, Why like is I've that, drinking, Chris? Why I've is that? Drinking. What happened? I'd intended on I'd intended on having <laughs> like a decent weekend anyway. Like we, me and Jet, yeah. had been off to the shops. I'd got my guava cruises, but I was on I was on the blacks all weekend, so like the double strengths. Um, <laughs> and then I bought a bottle of Jägermeister and some some Red Bull and the shot cups and everything oh. to do Jäger bombs. Um, and then so I was doing those and like doing getting people to do like rounds of Jäger bombs, and then. The D3 boys were there. I kind of went along and then did like five. Sh- I think I got handed, Josh Foster handed me like five shots of soju within like two minutes. And I just, I just drank them all. <laughs> and then I was just bouncing around between like the main hall and then the cabins where like other groups of people had gone back to. And then I, I remember like 
Corey and Geordie and all of them had gone back to their um, their cabin, but it was only like 10, 30, 11 o'clock or whatever. And I was like, why have they gone to bed now? Nah. And I like knocked on their door and I was like standing in their doorway. Corey, <laughs> Corey's, Corey's in bed. Like they're all still awake, but like he's already in bed. And I'm like, why are you in bed? Why are you going to bed early? Just like being a complete menace. They were like the next day, you could, you know, just look at someone, their eyes are just like glazed and just like yeah. slit, slits. They were just like, you were just swaying in the doorway. And then <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was funny to be honest. But um. <laughs> Apparently I was a bit of a menace, but um had a good I had a good I had a good night and then uh I went to bed and I was not feeling very good on Saturday morning. Yeah, um, I remember seeing I was, seeing you at your table and you're like, Don't hug me too hard. <laughs> I was yeah, I was definitely in in danger territory on the Saturday morning. Um that's for that's for sure. I you were, uh, you were in the hurt locker. Yeah. Um but anyway, that was kind of the lead up to Saturday. Um, so yeah. yeah, do you want to kind of kick off your yeah your yeah game? sure. So, so yeah, my my round one was um with uh with uh Bradley Baker. So um, we we grudged each other and we known each other for ages and um plenty of chats. Got to know been been friends for ages and uh, never actually you know had a game. So we're just like yeah, let's do it. So we've had the grudge going for ages. Actually, <laughs> I think it was yeah very much yeah like at least twelve months in the making. <laughs> Um, so we've both been really looking forward to it. And uh, he had um, the Sons of Behemoth. So, and he had um, big King, uh, was it big uh, King Brod? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, King Brod and two, um, two other big giants. Um, I think one was a, a man eater and a, um, oh, the man eaters are the, are the smaller ones. He had some of those and he had the um, the Kraken and the, oh, the yeah, Kraken the eater Kraken. and the, yeah. um, uh, the big drog, which is the gatebreaker. Gate, gate yeah. Breaker. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he had that. And so the, the battle plan was the prize of Galais. Um, and probably my biggest memory from this game would be um, King Brod and I think the gatebreaker coming across the board. And I sent my big drog over. And so it was like this kind of two versus one um, Gargant smackdown in the center of the board. And <laughs> Um, I was introduced to the to King Brod's rules here. So he can do this thing where he body slams. So he basically picked up Big Drog and body slammed him onto the other side. Um, and so basically just picks him up and moves him to a different part of the, the board, like on the opposite side of him. I just like was so impressed with that. I thought that was awesome. That was like one of my favorite moments of the tournament. Um, and Brad was um, is an absolute gentleman to play against. And um, yeah, so... In the end, uh, so we just looking at the scores here. So I actually I went first, and my first battle tactic was head to head, which I didn't get. <laughs> I couldn't get that one down. Um, he did head to head as well, and he got his, and was able to score up on the um, get the objective. Um, round two, I decided to go with um, Callus Overlord, which is a soul blight. Grave Lords one, which is um, basically pick a unit to be killed and die. Yeah, Soul Blight suicide. Yeah, Soul Suicide. So I managed to. Yeah, so I, I achieved. No, I didn't actually didn't achieve that one because <laughs> I'd um. Oh, sometimes with that one, you got to be careful because you can. You've got to send that unit over on its own, basically to get destroyed. If you send anything else with it, it just won't get targeted. So I just. I think I got. 
had a lapse in concentration and I sent my one of my vampire lords over with with one of the units or something and it just yeah it didn't end up uh so he achieving just that one the vampire lord instead yeah or yeah well there might have been another unit there I, I can't remember too closely but um but yeah so head to head was his first one um he didn't get that one either sorry and then um the second his second turn he chose out muscle didn't, didn't get that one either so both of us were like you know doing really well like uh, not scoring any battle tactics uh for our first two turns um but yeah with his sons he was on on the objectives and so he was scoring up by then um <clears throat> so turn three we got to i just started to do barge um barge through yep. yeah barge through barge enemy lines, lines. Yep, yeah yep. yeah so i did the barge tactic got that one um was able to get an objective by this stage as well. Um, so I'd had, so my final score um, was eight and his final score was 15. Like we got into a fourth turn um, and he scored up a bit there as well. And yeah, so basically we, we've had to finish it up there. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic game. And Brad's is a, is a, is a wonderful fellow. And if you ever get a chance to um, have a game with him, like you, yeah, jump, jump at the chance. Cause you'll, you'll have a good time. Um, yeah, that was my first game. So yeah, down down first game, um, but with a legendary bloke. So yeah, it it didn't it didn't really matter. <laughs> I wasn't oh, there. To, I wasn't I, I wasn't there to take names. <laughs> I was. I'd forgotten that you'd um that you'd grudged actually, and like that it had been quite a long time coming. So that's cool. Yeah, no, that was really cool and beautiful. Obviously, obviously, like Brad's painting is amazing too. Beautifully painted army. Um, it was just awesome just to see. I think. Just to see Big Drog like taking on King Broad and just that body slam was my favorite moment in that game. So, yeah, <laughs> it was all worth it because of that. <laughs> it is like as soon as they got that, everyone's just like opinion of Gargans just did go up a little bit. They're like, you can suplex people. This is yeah. great. Yeah, sick. It's re- it was because I had no idea it was coming either. So it was just a real, it was just like, yes, I love this game. Yeah, there's a little yeah, surprise you, moments like he, that. It's like he can do what now? He can what? He can move. He moves. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. I love this. <laughs> big drug can't. Big drug can't do it right because it's an allegiance ability for sons. Oh right, yeah, yeah. No, he can't do it. No. Yep. No. He, yeah. He's just got the war scroll. So. Yeah. Yep. No, that's cool. Um, yeah. Should I talk was... about mine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously you've already said Prize of Galet was the first uh, Prize of Galet was the first um Gallet. mission. So I um so on the Friday night they'd done the draw and I had got Joel Graham. And I was mm. like, oh Christ, okay, starting Cancon like with someone that's got six perfect hundreds in the current ranking and everything. I'm like, oh great, nice, nice easy start. But yeah. then the draw got redone after a bit, and I ended up with Pat Carter. So I was like Okay, I don't have Joel, oh, but still, Pat is a good player, um, and he was bringing yeah. the, he was bringing Nagash and thirty Skellies, and then yeah. low, like three fives, I think, of Black Knights, um, yep. vamp, Vampire Lord, and everything. So, considering he had Nagash, he still actually had a lot. Um, I think that's the way you have to go, like to actually get a lot, is just taking like black knights and tens of skellies and look you can't take the other heavy yeah. hitters no, um yeah. but it's like really clever tech with the buffs you can layer up on the like the skeleton warrior block to just survive with nagash's command ability and then yeah. basically when they 
when they come back to life, it's on like three ups or whatever with Nagash and all the healing. But that being said, my army was probably one of the worst armies at the event for Pat's list because I've got nine long strikes <laughs> into the Nagash and eight fulminators and basically like his army like the rest of his army can't deal with two fulminators so me just having like eight of them yeah. is basic is basically obscene against him because he has no rend in his army other than Nagash yeah, um, yeah. but yeah I was obviously not in a good state on the Saturday morning so during <laughs> during deployment though I had to run off to the bathroom several times um oh. and, and went into the cubicle and i i think i retched about six times but oh, fortunately yeah. fortunately no actual vomit but i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> i i am in dangerous territory here because Look, I if anyone who if anyone can empathize with you, it would be pat yeah like pat normally likes like he's normally drunk when he plays warhammer so a day two yeah he, he found <laughs> he found it hilarious um to yeah. be fair so he was, it was a great. good one to have first up yeah and I, I, state, yeah. I i said to him like at the end of the game as well i was like thank you again for being good with me like at the start of the game um as the game <laughs> went on i and i was i'd passed i'd passed the danger point and i was like okay i'm not going to be sick now but um, the first, yeah, deployment and the first turn was sketchy. Um, <laughs> I even, like, got to the point after, like, coming back from the bathroom the second time where I was like, look, my army's in a cardboard box and I've got a load of bubble wrap in here. I can just line this cardboard box with bubble wrap and if the worst happens, I'm just going to throw up into the box with my army. <laughs> Oh, but oh, i God. didn't it was fine there was no vomit i held it down but i don't think i could have been more drunk and not thrown up oh, so um i was yeah. it was on a knife's edge but um pat was great um to play against um we kind of had the game like the first two turns were very much like pretty straightforward in terms of going forward getting objectives sitting there like we both went against the odds turn one battle tactic then we both went eye for an eye turn two like so pat went first um and then he was just like against the odds and i was like cool i'll do against the odds and then i killed something in his turn so then in my turn so then he was like okay eye for an eye and then in my turn i was like yeah i'll also do eye for an eye um but basically he had a turn two he pretty much kind of had a hail mary with nagash oh, yeah. um yeah. to get mm. into my my long strikes and everything um at the back and like he he got the charge um i tried to redeploy i think into a position where i could stop it like i redeployed my xeros or something into the gap so that his base wouldn't be able to fit but he obviously had like six arcane bolts charged up so at the start of the combat phase he just unleashed the arcane bolts and killed off my xeros piled in so he was in range of like the six long strikes and everything so oh, yeah. like mm. pat it was the play pat had to do and he went for it um i had two fulminators there as well um and then the three i think the three long strikes unleashed hell and did like four four wounds into him or something or i put four wounds in onto him in my first turn with them um mm. like not a lot because i don't think i bothered shooting him the first turn um because i think he was like finest hour mystic shield so i just shot other units yeah um but then, yeah, I, I'd done like four wounds to him or something before. 
I think it was just from the Unleash Hell. And then he put all of his stuff into my six long strikes. And like I all out defense them, etc. And he kind of whiffed, to be honest. I like I saved a few of the saves. And then I only lost four out of six long strikes to Nagash. And that was all of his attacks. And then the two the two fulminators like off the charge did eight wounds to him. Oh, um, <laughs> so yeah, just two fulminators just sitting there. And then Nagash is in combat and it's my turn next. And it's like I've still got five long strikes because I still have my unit of three and I still had the two from the other because I just saved them from CP. Like I just inspiring presence. So my turn two, like I shot Nagash off and my like two of my fulminators from turn one were into his skeleton block. And basically yep. just even though I killed like 19 of them and then 16 of them would come back, they do like a wound to me because I'm on a two, I was sitting on a two plus save and they've got no rend. <laughs> So I was just like, these two fulminators are just going to sit here and I will kill him faster than like, because he still has to take battle shock tests. So if he's running out of CP, etc. Um, but that was just two. And then when Nagash is dead, I had my other two. And then I still had my four that I dropped from the sky just in the back corner. Um, they didn't make their charge on that turn, but nothing in his army is going to be able to deal with them. And then from that point, just two fulmies in the middle and the long strikes. I was like, well, I'm just going to kill. Yes, I'm just going to kill like your horses and everything like that. And um, I think Pat was pretty much like, oh, we'll see priority and then we can basically just call it. But he won it. He did a bit to try and take the middle, but mm -hmm. I made it a proving ground and he didn't have anything that could take uh, it off me. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, kind of just then I think I then won turn four and he was just like, let's just call it there. Um, so, yeah, I got a, um, a pretty solid win there because Pat, got like one objective and didn't get his battle tactic, I think in the third turn um, because he had picked gaining momentum, but I think forgot that he couldn't score the middle and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it kind of, it was a hard, hard match for Pat. So I managed to get a, a big win round one, despite how fragile a state I was in. So I ended up with yeah. a 28 two, which nice. um, oh, yeah, gosh. in terms of the, the scoring is like massive. Um, yeah. like any realistic game i think the best you could possibly get was a 29 one um yeah. unless somebody unless somebody conceded which i think a few people did i think the first day there was a few people that managed to get their opponent to concede and actually took the 30 even though that wouldn't have been the result because their opponent had at least scored one or two battle tactics but that was yeah. a little issue with the pack that i think fortunately most people by day two at least were being fair on and at least just doing the whole look we'll call it here i won't <clears> score <throat> any more additional battle tactics you'll get yours but i have to this point in the game scored two or three or whatever and then you yeah. call the game you got so, them up. yeah yeah rather than it just being 30 per the pack which would have just determined the, the podium basically on who conceded rather than um the yeah, actual game the actual the game gaming. scores yeah. um mm -hmm. so that was that was actually good i think most people Certainly from day two weren't weren't doing that. Um but yeah, so I, I'd started off with a big kind of twenty eight two. So Yeah. Bit was, of a boost to bit of boost yeah, to the mood. <laughs> my my CanCon my CanCon experience was off to a good start at least. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, into round two. Um so we got the draw uh after lunch. Um got set up my army and all that sort of stuff. Um brought my display board this time. I thought, well it's 
I've, I've been planning to like kind of upgrade my, my existing display board with snow and everything to kind of match the army. But um, when I set it up as like, I didn't get enough time to get that done. And then, but when I set up the army with that on it, it looked fine, looked good actually. So I just thought, oh, that's good. I'm glad I didn't kind of almost like just ruin it by covering it in with white paste um, to make it look like snowy, you know, like using the Valhalla and Blizzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By just going through pots and pots of Valhalla and Blizzard for like <laughs> no reason. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't. So um, so I set that up for the lunch um, and, yeah, came through, got the draw, drew up with uh, Mike Thompson. So um, the Savage Northman now living in Canberra, um, good friend of mine. Um, yeah, we've been playing playing games for years. So um, I was really happy to get a draw with him because we were about due a game. It'd been a while since we'd had one and since he'd come up for a visit and had, had a game. So um, really super happy with that um, to get drawn with Mike. And he, so he, he had Zinch. Luminous. Oh, Zinch. no, he had he had Zinch this time. So um, he had he had the horror. He had all the horrors. Yeah, <laughs> oh. like. He had like the three units of horrors, and he didn't have any um, bin chickens in his army, but he had um, yeah, <laughs> he had um, a lot of smaller heroes um, throughout the army. I can't remember all his list and that, but I just remember lots of horrors and supporting magic um, characters, and probably yeah, he's he had a purple sun as well, which is yep. like the bane of my existence. So they're still really good. <laughs> they still they still are very good. Um, so he was just getting a lot of negs on me for my obviously for my saving and with his debuffing spells and everything. So yep. he was yeah he was cancelling a lot a lot of a lot of stuff with his with his army. Um, yeah, it was really impressive. And um, yeah, so I went first again. Um, it seemed to be it's a theme. I think I went first in every game over the weekend. And is that um, is that because you had a high drop army and your opponents were yeah I just you, and making you go first or yeah absolutely yeah there was never a, a time where someone out dropped me and took the first turn um well yeah because I didn't out drop anyone but um it doesn't yeah that's fine that's cool um <laughs> <laughs> just keep telling myself that it's fine like it's fine it's cool I'm just I'll just wait for the inevitable double turn fine whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'd got my battle tactic, um, first turn. So it was against the odds, scored up four points first round. Um, so happy with that controlled an objective. Um, so turn two, um, Mike comes in with, um, with his battle tactic was Tides of Anarchy. So my first one was against the odds and he did Tides of Anarchy, which is one of the, uh, Zinch ones. I can't even remember what it is, but it's Tides mm. of Anarchy. You just um, go, scored... sure. Yeah. You can, you can score your tactic, whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he nailed that. He, he got an objective. So it was four apiece at the bottom of the first. Um, went into the turn turn two, and um, I believe, I think I got the priority again, but um, I wasn't able to. Um, I did Unstoppable Armies because I think I was struggling to sort of find an option. Um, unstoppable Armies is where I basically rely on a five-up roll to um, bring back oh, bring recycle a unit. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> it can be and a I good did... one because if yeah. you can, if you know that you're going to have a turn where like I'm gonna you're actually going to kill yeah. a bunch mm. of your opponent's units, like you obviously get the plus one for every one you kill, so it can actually be like a very reliable yeah. tactic to go for. But yeah. yeah, it just didn't work for me on this on this occasion. But um, I had big drug in the center, and he was just like just swiping through um his unit of I think it was a unit of twenty horrors in the center, so. Big Drog was just working his way through. I did, a, in, I did end up killing 
getting through that whole unit by the end of the game. So, um, yeah, yay for me. But, um, yeah, so no no points second turn. Um, yeah, he came back with gaming momentum, um, scored up his battle tactic and the objective, so he scored another four points. Uh, into turn three, so this is the Realmstone Cache. Uh, this is the one that exploded. So it explodes out, and um, I chose this one's mine, so I wanted to send my general in to... Um, to take out um, one of his units, so um, no, I didn't didn't get that one. Um, <laughs> I did I did control one objective, so I got another point. Um, flick back to to Mike. He chose another one of his um, Zinch ones, ninefold. He scored his battle tactic, and he um, controlled one objective. Um, so he scored up three points there. I don't think he controlled more at that point. Um, because we had you know the extra objective on the board by then. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's uh I didn't get my grand strat, so my final score was eight. Um we had we we finished at the bottom of the of the third. Um and yeah, he got his grand strat and so he scored up and he got 14 to 8. So yeah, well done, Mike. Good game, good fun as always. Um Zinch is yeah, it wasn't horrible to play against, but it was very difficult to like he had a really good um as Mike always does, he's always got really good lists with some really good tech in there. And he was able just to neg a lot of my, a lot of my stuff basically yeah. like, and just kill stuff easier. Cause with that, with the, the purple sun and um, you know, just negging all my saves and his, his debuff spells. And he just had, it's just, it was really cool to see like um, Zinch in the hands of someone like Mike as well. Um, in taking something a bit different, not just the, the bin chickens spam kind of thing. Um, yeah. Just the horror spam instead. So yeah. <laughs> but, would, um, yeah. Would you have rather he taken the chickens in the end? Probably, because I could. Ki- I know I can kill them. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah. So that was my game two, um, and yeah, that was game two. What about your game two? Yeah. So after my big win against Pat, um, I then did get paired into Joel Graham. <laughs> after all. Oh, good. <laughs> so it was like, oh, for God's sake. Okay, cool. Like, I wanted to play Joel, to be fair. Like, I have wanted to play him for a long time. Yeah. So it wasn't that. It was more just like I didn't want to necessarily be playing him, like, so early on at CanCon and also not while I was feeling really drunk. Um, <laughs> well, hungover. So, um, yeah, it wasn't the best time to be to be playing him. Um, but Joel had uh, Magakin and Nurgle, um, army uh, it was a um, it was a different list to kind of I guess the meta or what people would have picked um, to give credit to him but it was I think he was trying to trick people that it was like a silly fun army but it was very much still a very very good army because um, it had all three of the um, it had all three of the Magoth lords in it um, and then it had the standard kind of Lord of Afflictions um, with the four up ward and the you can't use command abilities within seven kind of thing. Um, and then it had three tens of the Rotmire Creed, like the new kind of Warcry war guys. Um, that They're really good for just spitting out, depra- um, not depravity, um, disease, because they have shooting attack, which is not a lot of Nurgle stuff necessarily does. Um, uh, so they've got like two shots each um, and I think they're two attacks in combat as well but they're pretty cheap for Nurgle um, 
and they're still resilient. Like I was looking at them as a unit where you're like, cool, these are five up save guys. Like these are, they're going to die really quick, but they still have a five up ward save. Like the whole army just has a five up ward save. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they have a 16 inch range shooting attack. And obviously any six to hit across the entire army puts a disease point on the unit, but any that get caused by the Rotmire Creed also spread a disease to any other unit that's within three of the unit that gets a disease point. So they just start like racking up disease um, onto not just the unit they shoot, but all the units nearby as well. Um, which obviously disease battle shock phase, he's rolling four ups to do more wounds into me. Stormcast don't like mortal wounds um, because generally decent armor, but high points, no real mortal wound save. Like I had a six up in my army. Um, being hammers of sigma but that was about it um but this mission as you said was realmstone cache so obviously it starts with just the one objective in the middle and that's the only objective for the first two battle rounds and so yeah in my head going into this he's a combat army that is really resilient so normally i would give a combat army that doesn't have the reach to come kind of come and get me I'd give them first turn because I outdropped him as well. So I had the choice. So normally I would like give them first turn because they can't do anything really to me. And then I'm always on for the double. Um, but in this one, I knowing how resilient Nurgle are and with the screens of the Rotmire that were all expert conquerors and then the three big monsters and everything, he's fast enough that turn one, he could get them all onto that objective. And I was just like, I know it's going to take some killing and I'm not going to like, even if I got the double turn, I was like, just thinking he's going to outscore me. I was like, he's going to screen off the front and have units of Rottmeyer at the back, just expert conquerors holding the point. Even if I double turn, I might just about get through the Magoth Lords, etc. but I'm going to score no points for the objectives for those first two turns. So I was like, I'm going to go first, put my tree revs at the back of the objective as expert conquerors drop my fulminators down, hopefully try and make my charges, obviously have my long strikes at the back, shoot away, try and kill, like try and kill off the Magoth Lord and then also kill off like two of the units of Rotmire Creed and then basically be like, cool, now you've got to go through my eight fulminators before you can get to my tree revs and my long strikes are still going to be sitting at the back of the board. So that was my thinking anyway. <laughs> yeah. But then I take first turn, I do all that basically, but I I put all my shooting. I think he finest houred Bloab because he's the four up save. Um, one of the Magoth Lords versus the other two. Um, Orgots is the one that hits the hardest, um, and he gives him free CP every turn. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and shoot Orgots. So like I hero phase shot my three, and then I use my six and my three. In the shooting phase, like I was hoping I'd get more wins and stuff like that, but I didn't, to be honest, do that much. I think I maybe did like six, six or eight wounds, maybe. Yeah, yeah. To Orgots with like all of my shooting. Um, when he only had an all out defense on, like just for the shooting phase, obviously. So the three in the hero phase, he couldn't have all out defense. So he'd been on five up save. Um, but yeah, I didn't do like a ton of damage. It's not like I shot him off in one go. And then obviously I had my fulminators, which I, the two that had to start on the board, I just ran. Um, 
right up the board to get them right at the front of the objective to try and screen. Um, so I couldn't shoot them. And then I dropped the other six down and I shot their breath weapons as well. And I think I shot them at all gots, but again, didn't really do anything. Mm. Um, so really didn't do a lot. And then I tried the charges. I failed the, I failed with the four, um, but I got the unit of two in, um, but they only have one inch reach. Um, all I could hit actually was the Rottmire. Um, I think maybe some of my shooting I put into the Rottmires, to be fair. I think one of the, I think actually one of my units of shooting I did put into the Rottmires to try and like kill them off as well. Cause I knew I wanted them dead and I thought they've got worse armor saves. If I get rid of them as well, then when my fulminators charge in, like the fulminator damage can go into the stuff behind, but didn't make my, didn't make the charge with the four into the, where I had killed the unit of Rotmire. And then I did make my charge into the other unit um, that I'd only killed a few of, but only with two fulminators, put my attacks into them, and I didn't kill like 10 Rotmire Creed. I think I killed uh, uh, seven, like seven or eight. <clears throat> and like yeah. a, a unit of two, I, I have had a unit of two fulminators like kill a Stonehorn on the charge. They They can swing, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was like oh, and then they just <laughs> then they died to the hit back because both Bloab and Orgots were within three. Yeah. So then I, I lost them in my turn, which obviously not great because they're not they're not <clears throat> actually that resilient. Like my army isn't resilient. Like yes, all the Fulmies are on a base three up save, but because they're multiple units, you can only all out defense like one of them. But even yeah. then, like if they're starting off the table, they don't have a Mystic Shield. I haven't built in like the Castellan kind of lantern tech. Like, so it's not like I'm save stacking the army. So, and then obviously he's got monsters. So he roared me. So I couldn't all out defense. Mm, I couldn't all yeah. out attack. Um, <clears throat> blow abs thing at the start of combat, every unit within seven, like on a four up, you take a mortal wound and then you're minus one mm. to hit. He oh, got yeah. that okay. off. So then I was hitting on fours, um, which is a big problem. It does massively affect the output when I'm thinking I'll go in and I'll mm. be twos and twos with a triumph when I need to do the damage. So when you're going in and you're like fours, it's a yeah. huge swing on the math. But yeah. um yeah. so yeah, they I just didn't really do much. Didn't even kill two units of Rotmire, lost two of my Fulmies on my turn, and then obviously I'm just sitting in front of him. So he just walks forwards with all three Magoth Lords and the Lord of Afflictions. And they easily just kill the six fulminators, um, and he doesn't lose. Oh. <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't lose any of them back. Um, and then he gets the double turn, and yep. just I'm done. Like Blowab, and all, like Blowab goes into my long strikes at the back. I think with Orgots and kills them off. The other two kill off much. Like the tree revs are dead, and yeah, I think I'm pretty much like genuine. I think I was tabled at the bot at the top of two. Wow. Um, so I was just like. Cool. Well, that's game. <laughs> so it really wasn't. It wasn't a game. It wasn't a game at all. It wasn't really the game I would like to have given Joel either. Um, he yeah. sort of said. He said to me afterwards, like I was really like really surprised when you took first turn and when you did what you did. Like it, I really wasn't expecting that. Um, he yeah. was like, I, I, if you'd gone first, I thought you'd just like use your five true revs, get the point, stay away, shoot me, kind of thing. Um, but then, so I then explained, well, this was my thinking. You're so resilient. I'm not going to score any objective points for the first two battle rounds, et cetera. Like, you're just going to sit on the point. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I can see that. It kind of makes sense. But um, 
Yeah, I really should have just thought, like in hindsight, six formulators is not as tough as like people maybe think it is. Like if you're if they're just getting charged, if the formulators are not getting to charge in and do their damage and they're just standing there and taking a punch, like they're not resilient mm. and they mm. just they're expensive for what they are and they just die. Um so yeah, that was a, a 29-1 loss after my my, my 28-2 win. Um so yeah, not not the best game. Yeah. <clears throat> oh gosh well sometimes you just have just happens from time to time doesn't it <laughs> yeah yeah but also like i i could have dragged it out like i could have played the game <clears throat> even if i went first to get my one more tactic and just done that with like five troop revs got the point stayed away shot him kept stuff off for safety just focused everything on a magoth lord and played the cool just kill the damage dealers for the first three battle rounds of the game mm-hmm. then the fulminators can go in kill the rotmire in a go and we'll be good kind of thing i, yeah. I could have i could have done that and then it would have been more of a game mm-hmm. um but it would have been drawn out and longer and i still don't know if it would have been enough like i was worried about losing the one two more or the one more the one more for the yeah. first two turns of the game because um, playing against someone like Joel, like I expect that the points would be close at the end. So in my head, I was just like, I can't, I can't lose two Early. points yeah. each battle mm. round for the first two battle rounds. But obviously, if mm. you're then dead at the top of two, you can't score any points. So it um, <laughs> wasn't the wasn't the right decision. But um, I had also wanted like quick games. Like my thing for that list for Cancom was quick, decisive games, win yeah. or win or lose. Like, Did you get it? Mm, sorry yeah like if i drop down do you know like if i drop down if i made my charges with my unit of four for me's and everything the two like the four and the two like it could have been quite a different story kind of thing in terms mm. of if I, if I clear off the rotmire or i'd got into one of four fulminators managed to hit into his magoth lords yeah. and kill them that kind of thing mm. um but yeah it, it wasn't a game um and so hopefully i get to play joel again and, and actually give him more of a game and get to yeah. have more of a gaming experience on the table. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a chance to go and have a walk around, look at stuff after that then? Yeah, that was the that was the good thing about the games being done quickly. And again, why I decided to take that kind of list for CanCon is then at least I had like an hour, an hour and a half, and I was able to, yeah, walk around kind of the convention um and stuff like that and go and see the games. I, I think I went to, cause they obviously have like good games and loads of stalls that are stalls for shops that you can just buy stuff all the time. So there's like thousands of different board games there, but I'm, I board board games and card games and stuff. Generally, I don't think is something that you can just look at a box and be like, yeah, cool. This will be a good game or whatever. You more need to like look online do your reading of what kind of games are going to suit you and then you can just order them online at any point. So those stalls aren't really the thing that kind of interests me at CanCon, the generic stalls just for shops yeah. that I can I can buy yeah. stuff from. But it's the fact that CanCon has independent, like Australian made games there that are yeah. unique like that <clears throat> are unique games that are not necessarily only <clears throat> available there. Like some of them have websites, but you wouldn't hear about them. And they, like, the creators of the games are there and you can actually get, like, the creator of the game walk you through their game and talk to you. So I found one of those stalls um, and actually, yeah, the the people that made the games talked me through kind of two of the games. One of them seemed a bit kind of 
a bit too complicated. Probably I was like, realistically, I'm probably never going to play this with anyone. Um, but the game seemed cool. I chatted to the guy for a bit, but then there was a card game um, and the girl kind of that was behind there said, hey, do you want to watch? We're just playing with like two people here. So I just stood and watched. That round was like five minutes. And then she was like, do you want to play now? And it was one of those things we could pick up quite quickly. So yeah. I played that, mm -hmm. did a round and that was quite fun. That was good. So I ended up buying buying that because generally if I do that and I like the game, I will then kind of buy it from them on the day so that yeah like they they like they've taken the time to go through it with me and get me into it and if I like it and I think I'm going to buy it like I I will just generally spend the money so I kind of it had like four sets for that game so I just bought all four sets and that was good to have that time um because otherwise you just you don't get to see the convention like you're playing in the tournament all weekend and you you don't get to do that so yeah that yeah. was the yeah. that was the plus side of taking the the quick loss um yeah. is yeah I've got some card games now at home that um I can play another time and that was fun and I I otherwise wouldn't have known about <clears> them or or picked them up so that was that yeah. was a positive oh good yeah excellent um so should we go yeah roll into game 3 <clears throat> so my game 3 was um that's a Queensland, a Queenslander, a um, guy named Cameron Taylor. Um, so he's um, from the Co Coffee and Sigma crew. Yep. Uh, so shout out, shout out to Cameron. Um, he had <clears throat> he had flesh eater courts. So he had um, what do you have? He had Ghoul King Terrorgeists, um, two Ghoul Kings on Terrorgeists, I think. Um, Terrorgeist and lots of ghoul, lots of ghoulies, um, and a big unit of flayers. Um, oh yeah. So the um, battle plan was close to the chest, so a little bit of a different, um, sort of like more the diagonal across the board deployment, um, nine inches back. So actually, you end up being quite quite a lot back. Um, but um, yeah, so again, um, <laughs> yeah, we we lined up and gave me first turn. <laughs> so off I went <laughs> on my merry little way. Um, chose desecrate the land, so some pretty low hanging fruit there for in that particular one because of the layout of the board and. Um, you know, everything was sort of pretty well spread out. So it was, that was a pretty easy one to achieve. Um, controlled four objectives, scored up the five, um, full five first go. So that was good. Um, then rolling into his second, into his first turn, he, he went um, against the odds. Um, he did he did complete his battle tactic, but only was able to score up on two objectives. So that was a four, four points for him um, after first turn. Yeah. Um, so going... Rolling into um, turn two, I had, um, yeah, gaining momentum was mine, which I wasn't able to score on, on this occasion, but I was still able to sort of hold on my objectives. Um, so score up another three there. Because um, <clears throat> I've got the, I've got that turn for that one as well. Um, meanwhile, um, he had a big unit of, I think it was in this turn or the next turn, I can't remember, but he had like a big, his big unit of flares came in to big drog. Um, which oh. were just like promptly dispatched. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, it was pretty devastating. Yeah, <laughs> I think he um, he had some critical charges um, which he didn't make, which is really important for um, Feck. Yep. To get all their charges off, so I think he just had a bit of bad luck with some of his. Yeah, he had he did have bad luck with his his some of his charge rolls. They really should have got in and and you know things. You know, a couple of I think it was Gold King Terrorgeist. On um on my left hand side of the board, just yeah, failed a charge, and I think it was kind of you could see a look on his face is like it's going to be one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just yeah. nothing, nothing's got, was going to go his way. Um, but yeah, so he rolled into second turn with eye for an eye, um, which he scored. 
um, and um, he scored up his four objectives. So he started crawling, um, making a comeback there. Um, so he scored up the five um, into turn three. Um, I did barge, um, barge through, scored on that. Um, still maintaining my control of my four objectives. So another five points to me. Um, then he went, this one's mine. And um, yeah, he scored, he got that one. So I think, yeah, he's general, which was the, uh, I think it was the one of the Terrorgeist guys or the zombie dragon one. I can't remember. Yeah, he had a zombie dragon, which uh, was just absolutely awful in that game. Like, they were just <laughs> zombie dragons should be a lot better than what they are. They're just too swingy. They're just terrible. Yeah. They're, they're just such a, yeah, they're a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they used to be really good, but like, I don't know. They've always, I don't, well, they've always been had the same sort of profile, but they've just kind of, yeah, they've always been that swinginess on them. Um, but, yeah, I think he did get to score up on that one, got his five points. Um, then, yes, swinging back, um, it was against the odds for me. Um, I lost one of my objectives by that point, so I scored four points um, on that. And then his one was um, gaining momentum, um, which he wasn't able to get. So that brought it down to um, 17 all. Um at this, we got to the bottom of the fourth turn, and um, I was able to get my grand strat, and he wasn't, he didn't get his, so I won by three. So I got the 20 to 17. Yeah, um, right. The VP scored. So uh, that was my first win for the tournament. So I was like, woo, yeah. <laughs> and had a really good um, game with um, Cameron, like completely, like, yeah, I would jump at a chance to play a game with, with Cameron again. So um, a lot of fun, good banter. Um, yeah, yeah, he's. I really enjoyed the game with him. <laughs> um, I felt I felt a bit sorry for him with some of his roles and missing some charge, some critical charges. And I think he had a lot of high hopes for those flares, um, but they just got like big drog. Just was just on fire. Just did the spack down. Just obliterated them. Um, and drog I think it, other drog had other plans for those flares. He, he did. Yeah, <laughs> he sure did. Hmm. There's a bit of a theme here with my with my army. Big drog goes, uh, big drog smash basically. Um, yeah, so that was fun. But yeah, that was nice. end of um, that was end of my t- my turn. Oh, sorry, my day one in terms of games. And so, who did you play for your turn, game three? So I've just had a a, a big twenty nine one loss, mm. and I'm like, mm. okay, right. I should. Went from start. A, you went from a big just, win to a big loss, I and should, then I should, and I've just played like Joel Graham. I should like drop into the middle of the pack now. Yeah. Um, and then I get James Page, the last <laughs> winner, the last winner of CanCon and the <laughs> previous New Zealand master. And yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what is going on with this draw? Seriously. <laughs> man, it's just the kind like of people I you had, play, man. You just you just I had planned in for. that league, man. You're just you're there with them. I've just that's... been beat. I just got one point. <laughs> I was not expecting that I'd be playing James Page. <laughs> but on the other side, I was very pleased to be playing James Page because again, he's somebody else that I know of and I had wanted the opportunity to get to play. So I was like, cool, well, at least I'm ticking off my list of people that I wanted to play and get to play. Um but yeah. James so Jimmy was running Beast of Chaos. So I was like, okay, mm. I haven't had a lot of experience against beasts. Like I know that they have loads of mobility, four plus rally, shit ton of rend. So I'm like, okay, they can summon loads 
um like from the board edges generally i don't have loads of units to like block them out etc so i was like okay let's see how this mission goes um obviously close to the chest has got like six objectives so um it is one way you have to spread out a bit more and i was like okay i don't know how how we'll go here but we'll give it a crack so his list was the shagoth that basically sits at the back getting him summoning points um the Zangle Shaman to obviously be a wizard um, and give him plus three movement to like his enlightened and stuff. Um, and I think um, plus one, does he give him plus one to hit? I'm not sure. Um, but the plus three move anyway, so it makes like enlightened on disc movement 19. Um, so he had a three and a six of enlightened on disc. He didn't have any dragon ogres at least because like the list I've played before have had, I think have been like two sixes of enlightened on disc and two sixes of dragon ogres, which is a lot to try and deal with. Um, but he didn't have the dragon ogres, but he did have the he did have the thirty block of Zangor, and then an a, mm, and a ten nice. of Zangor. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I made James go first, and he was quite cagey. Um, mm. I think he ambushed like oh he had like a unit of twenty best to go. Um, but he ambushed on the 20 best of gore with some, um, and he ran up just some gore um, as a screen on kind of the bottom left objective. Um, he went against the odds turn one safely on his home objective. I ended up doing the same thing on mine. Um, but he, there was a decent-ish sized piece of terrain kind of near his deployment that he cast the um, Ghost Mist spell on. So the block line of sight spell. Mm, yeah. And then he kind of clustered his three enlightened in there and then the six kind of next to it off to the side. So he was, because the ghost mist, you have, it has to block, like you need three inches of line of sight, like going through it to actually block line of sight. So it's actually pretty hard to position, like unless you basically stand behind it. Mm. Um you can't really stand on the terrain um, and be three inches out from kind of all the angles. Um, but he did that with his three enlightened. And then, as I say, the six were kind of off to the side. Um, so then when I had my turn, it gave me a spot where I saw that I could drop my six long strikes. It was going to be very close to where he'd brought on his 20 best to and everything. So he was probably baiting me to do it, but I could drop them there and then shoot basically down the side of the terrain piece and see his unit of six enlightened. So I kind of like, I was like, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to try and shoot them. Um, so basically, yeah, I think the three long strikes I had, I just like hero face shot into his gore or something like that. And then shot again into just trying to kill off the, um, just the unit of 10 gore. I think I killed like, eight of them not 10 which was a little bit annoying um mm. but the six long strikes only killed two enlightened so i was like oh that's pretty underwhelming i definitely thought i would do more um because he's a five up save oh maybe they're a four up now i think no i think he said no they're a four up which surprised me i thought they were a five up but mm. um so he de he definitely did roll at least one six to save but yeah it was just underwhelming um i honestly thought i was going to kill about four of them um but yeah i only killed two so i was like okay um and then it was his turn next but we both got one like we both got one two more one two more on each of our turns because i pushed up and took like the top objective and in my turn and then took 
the side objective back. So the two the two ones that ne nobody contests, I kind of took those back in my turn. So we each got five, same tactic, turn one. Uh, he then won the priority for turn two. So I was like, okay, here we go. Um, mm -hmm. And the so the 20 best to go, obviously, I was like, right, well, my six long strikes are getting charged here. Um, and then he flew in the three enlightened, I think. Um, he fortunately didn't part, he didn't get any on his rally. So he tried to rally the two, he tried to rally back the two enlightened um, and on four ups and didn't get them. So I was like, okay, cool. At least those two that I killed are dead um, for now anyway. Um, so then he just sent the three in, I think, into like my unit of two fulminators and he's charged the best of in. Um, I had my tree revs there though. So when he moved, I did redeploy my tree revs. And I got, I think I only got like a three, um, three or a four. I was hoping for like, obviously you were always hoping for the six on a redeploy, but um, mm. I basically was like, if I get a six, I can move the tree revs to completely screen the long strikes. So I, at that point I was <laughs> like, I, I'd happily sacrifice the tree revs to then save the long strikes. Um, I wasn't able to fully screen them, but I was able to, push across as far as possible and because i was on the edge of the board it meant he could only get like three maybe four vestigal max into the long strikes yeah um <clears throat> annoyingly he did like just with the two gore that were alive obviously meant that they charged in and just absorbed the unleash hell which is why i was annoyed that they hadn't died the turn before to just the threes um shooting but that's fine i was like look i'm still going to unleash hell and just get rid of the unit um i need to just kill the units so killed them off um and then yeah the bestigore didn't like they didn't kill all the long strikes um i think they they didn't they didn't do very well i th i think i only lost like maybe two of the long strikes mm. <clears throat> okay. um i lost my fulminators um to the enlightened um etc because i didn't have much hitting power to kill the gore, uh, to kill the best of gores first so i think he just killed <clears> my <throat> he killed my fulminators with the with the enlightened um <clears throat> but anyway we kind of i still did a decent amount back um and then obviously um i made sure i killed off the two gore and then killed most of the best of gore i think he might not have had cp to keep them around so they were basically dead um so i lost my yeah. two formies and a couple of long strikes but not the not the end of the world um he didn't charge my fulminators i think i had brought down i had the unit of two but i think i also had brought down the unit of four fulminators top right where his basically his 30s angle block were but mm. 30s angle block were in a very long line with like a blob more close to his herdstone and then in a very long line so obviously the whole thing of it is you if you attack it on the end he just loses the casualties from there, removes himself back. Yeah. So he's not in combat, but he's within range of the herdstone, and then he just rallies loads of them back on four ups. But he didn't want to charge into me on his turn because obviously mm. the benefit of me having dropped at the end is he's not going to get his whole unit to fight me. And also if he had like because he was going first with his enlightened, I would have been able to go first with four Forminators. And because they're bounty hunters. <clears throat> into his angle which are battle line even off the charge like i still would have had a lot of attacks basically ren 2 going straight through being two and three damage 
he mm. didn't want to he basically didn't want to take all the casualties in his turn yeah um which so he didn't charge me which is good anyway um but then in my turn i then went for um eye for an eye because yep. he obviously killed some of my units um and then yeah i i killed off the three enlightened and on disc i think with the shooting um and then the four fulminators charged into the middle of the 30s angle block and with my buffs twos and twos on the triumph just the riders killed the entire unit like i didn't even roll the mount attacks and i took off the mm -hmm. entire 30 block i'd already oh, wow. i'd already i'd already killed a bit from like mortal wound breaths over the two turns so i think i'd killed like six or seven of them um yeah. so there was there was probably like i think there was like 52 unit 52 wounds left in the unit or something just the riders did 56 straight through and I was just like, bang, <laughs> there you go. That, that's Fulminators doing what Fulminators want to do. Like a, a unit of yeah. four, twos and twos into GVs was, it was nice. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I got my eye for an eye. I killed, like, I killed multiple units that turn. Um, yeah, sweet. And then, uh, but Jimmy got priority uh, going into three. Um, he then went for mm. eye for an eye which he failed. I can't remember, but he, yeah, he didn't actually kill any of my units in his third turn. Okay. Was able to get um, through it. Get through oh it. yeah. No, no. So he charged, he then took his unit of, well, it would have been six enlightened, but he still didn't rally any back, I think. So, or he only rallied one maybe. So it was a unit of five, but they charged into the four formulators and they didn't kill them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was then the big, like he didn't kill them. Um, and obviously then he, he killed like two or three of them, but he didn't, he didn't kill all four. Um, mm. And so, yeah, he failed his tactic there and then it was my turn. So then I was able to like shoot them and kill them off um, in like quite easily in my turn. Cause there wasn't much else really threatening my long strikes now at the back of the board. Um, I think I dealt with the, my mm. Xeros, I think was just fighting his, I kept charging my Xeros into his 10, um, his unit of 10 um, Zangors and just killing like two or three of them a turn um, as well to just kind of keep them so that they weren't charging my long strikes um, to just keep them occupied. And the Azeros is on like a decent enough save. So I think one turn I just finest houred him to be on like a two up save, twos and yeah, twos. Nice. Um, yeah. And then the next turn I could kind of all out defense him and just keep, basically he didn't really have anything that could then kind of come and touch my long strikes that were at the back, just shooting stuff off. Um, and then the fulminators were at the top were able to just essentially go across the board after having killed the 30s angle, then just killing the enlightened and then making their way across back to his objective to basically go towards where his characters and stuff were. Um, so then, yeah, I did barge, I did barge through on my fourth turn um not with two gvs but i had my two units of fulminators there so i did barge um he then did one which was like take an objective with a summoned unit because i don't have oh, lots okay. of units yeah yeah so he it's a beast of chaos one so he just like summoned off the board edge um and got that and then i finally i think i got turn five prio um but by turn five prior like didn't really matter as much but i did desecrate because it was like there was just a piece of terrain I was already standing next to. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we were like we were like push like pushing for time. So the the last turn we literally had like two or three minutes to kind of go. Um, 
and basically I was trying to think about it like points wise um, and then trying to think about the the grand strat because his grand strat was to have more like have GVs in all four corners of the in all four corners of the battlefield yeah um, from the start and, my, and mine was have more units in his territory yeah that's so then I was trying to think because obviously he's got summoning points to bring on he had enough that he was going to be able to bring on two units of Ungor um and I just because we had to finish the game I just didn't have enough time and I don't have enough experience against the army to kind of go look at the board and know these are the places that I have to block off and yeah. then he can't and then he can't get his grand strat um and I was still trying to focus more about oh I don't want him to come and like take my back objective or something but I had already been getting like one two more one two like it doesn't it didn't really matter if he took an objective um yeah yeah so anyway I was in one place where I was like he won't be able to get in here he won't be able to get here but basically I did my turn called it and then Jimmy went okay cool I can get my grand strat and stop yours um, and he just went, I just summon here and here, like the, the left and the right. Um, yep. And he was like, you could have stopped me. Cause if basically just, he talked through and it's like, all you had to do is teleport your tree revs onto the left. And then I couldn't do it because he's like, my, my guys are already stopping the middle. So basically if you're stopping like the middle of the boards on either side, you've got to stop one of the left and right. And then he can't do it. Um, yeah, and yeah. also had I done that, I then would have got my grand strap because he wouldn't have been able his, like yeah. he wouldn't have been able to summon there, and so my tree revs also would have been in his territory instead of in mine. Um, so anyway, it's just one of those things where yeah, I, I didn't have enough time to kind of talk it to think, to think it about properly. It. Yeah, or or the experience <clears throat> against the army to know where stuff goes, and obviously Jimmy is playing the army to get that grand strat, so he he <clears> could <throat> see it straight away. Um, but I would, I'd still done enough in the game because he'd failed a battle tactic, and I had got like, um, I he hadn't had one two more every turn of the game, um, yeah. But he definitely clawed it back. But the, it ended up being twenty six twenty one to me um, for the overall game. Oof, um, so yeah, close. Like he failed one. I think he he only failed one battle tactic. Um, I didn't fail any of mine, but obviously then the, the two points swing or whatever it is for your grand strats as well meant yeah. that um, I won, but it wasn't like a, a massive win. It was like a, oh, I don't, I don't even know, like a 2010 or something like that, which mm, yeah. over the weekend, like that wasn't really a very big win. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like still though, good game. I played and managed to like beat jimmy and he was playing beasts which obviously right at the end of their kind of book being really powerful um and yes yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. I was i was just happy i got the win there to be honest um yeah it, it you're right it was a it was a 2010 2010 was the cool. um result score yeah um but yeah like <clears throat> and obviously i think jimmy came out of it feeling probably better than he was as well because <clears throat> points points wise that last turn clawed him back like four points or something because him getting his grand strat and stopping mine was like a four point swing in terms of the actual pack. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he actually, I think kind of left the game for what it was being happier than he maybe otherwise would have been, but um, not that that was my intention. If I, if I'd thought about how to stop him, I would have, but um, yeah, it yeah. was, it was a good, it was a good game. Um, definitely good to play. And yeah, I was glad I got to play Jimmy and um 
yeah, get the win. So um, two one yeah, for well, well done. two yeah. two one for my first day. I was like happy enough with. Um, I'd, I'd take the loss against Joel there. So um, yeah, I was I was fairly happy after day one. I'd got to play people as well that I'd wanted to play. So yeah, respectable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I was just thinking, um, could we just take a little, just a quick little break there, and yeah. um, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Saturday night um, shenanigans and um, Sunday. Bro. Are you fucking real, man? Come on. And we're back from the break. Um, yes. James has got himself a black Russian, um, so he's he's gonna have mm. some. Uh, yes. What a few big shots of vodka and some color mm. in this segment. Um, delicious, delicious. Me- Meanwhile, I'm not drinking uh, for six months now after CanCon. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, day two, should we? Or because did much happen on the Saturday night? Um, uh, we um, we went to dinner at the Canberra Inn. That's right. That's what happened. A bunch of people. So there was um, simple math guys. Yep. Um, from Queensland, Queensland crew with. Uh, with uh, little did they know at the time, um, did Jordy actually know that he would be taking home the podium the next day? But yeah, Jordy and um, Corey, uh, we had um, we had um, Sam Thompson Scott, as well. Scott, Scott. Nicole, Sam, um, yeah, yeah, Nick. Um, a lot of people were there. Like Dave Kerr yeah. was there. That, um, yeah, yeah. We kind um, of like we lined up Michael at this Clark. table and yeah, yeah Michael Clark came. Um, then we had like the Sydney guys as well. So we had um, Benny Spinetti, Liam turned up. We had, um, yeah, Dan Brewer came along. Um, I think Ash and Matt, Matt Campbell yep. well, came along too. Um, there with Will So, of course. And yep. Jet. And Brant. Um, yeah, Jet Brant was with us as, as well. Yep. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, so it was a good, nice crew of people, um, probably more people as well, which we, we kind of – we. Because it was really busy when we got there. It was <laughs> so, very busy, yeah. So there was this, uh, there was a, a family of four that were kind of sitting on one end of the trestle tables, and there was a, another one next to it, like kind of you know, joined up together. And so we we're kind of working our way further and further towards them. <laughs> and they just, they were really, they were great. They just kept on um, sort of shuffling up a little bit to allow more of our crew to, <laughs> to kind of get a seat until it was at to the point where everyone was just squeezed in like sardines and this poor family at the end um being good sports though and we're actually talking to them and they were really cool um but yeah great beer there good food um yeah it was a good night and then it was pretty chill actually just a couple of couple of pints and some food and i think you were like no i'm not drinking tonight yeah i was not um, drinking. <laughs> so it was fairly fairly casual social just chats and and um hanging out which is good um and hanging out with people like you know with the, the simple math guys hadn't um spent a lot of time outside of tournaments i think the only time we've really interacted with those guys was at GoldCon and this weekend really and a little bit of, you know seeing them at other events like um, runax and things so um it's nice to um have the, have the guys i gave the guys some uh, lift um and if, yeah we were the yeah, we had cars full of everybody driving everyone over and dropping them back at the Caratel afterwards. Bit of a Macca's um, drive-through on the way back for some McFlurries. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was good. 
good chatting with them. But that was our Saturday night. I I went back to I stayed at Brant's place that night, so I didn't have to drive oh, yeah. all the way back back to Goulburn. Um, and yeah, so I guess you crashed out early enough to get a decent night's sleep. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Um, certainly went to bed at a, an okay time, and yeah, wasn't drinking um, on the Saturday just to give myself a bit of a break and time to properly kind of recover. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, we went back to the room and then the guys were like obviously up talking and playing games and stuff. But I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to bed. Um, so yeah, there are like, it's hard because the Caratel is not exactly like the walls are paper thin, like it's not soundproof. So it was still quite loud. Um, and then I think like, I think Ben had a pretty big night. Um, and I think like Matt and Jet had ended up like having to get him and then put him to bed and, um, so I, I, yeah, I got woken up quite a bit, um, through it, but I still got a reasonably decent night's sleep on the Saturday, which was good. So I was fairly ready for, um, Sunday. Yeah. Good. But, um, go. yeah. So who, who did you have for your round one Sunday? Yeah. So round one Sunday, uh, so I drew a gentleman named Tim Porter. So he's one of the Western Warriors as well. So is Bradley. He's one of the Western Warriors. So I'm um, pleased to um, tip with one of those guys. He had um, Lumineth, Lumineth Realm Lords. Um, so he had he took Great Nation Helon. Helon? Helon? Oh, okay. Yep. Helon. Helon, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, was, so it, he had a, was, it hel- was it Hell on Earth for you, James? <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was more of a bit of Hell on Earth for him, actually. <laughs> oh, spoilers. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe the first turn. Oh, well. But, um, yeah, so he had a Venari Lord Regent. Um, he had a Law Seeker, um, a Calathar. Then he had the Hurricane Wind Chargers, 10 of those. Um, he had 20 Orlan Wardens and 30 Sentinels and 10 Sentinels. Yeah. Um, then he had, for good measure, he had two um, Concussors as allies. Okay. Um, Horogast and the Ravnax Gnashing Jaws, which, by the way, are fucking cool. Yep. The, the Jaws are awesome. He sent them over into... Because I've got low movement with my, um, you know, my Graveguard and zombies and everything. They just gnashed through stuff. It was really cool. Yeah, they would do I'm a like, lot, actually. Yeah. It was a really good um, endless spell for my... Like, look good. Like, not good for me, but, like, good for... Good for... um, Good choice for him, for my army. So, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, got me inspired, make, made me want to bring bring the Jaws again. Um, but, yeah, so round one oh, – sorry, sorry, turn one. Um, so we are playing the Nidus Paths, uh, so we deployed accordingly, um, and neither of us actually used the Paths throughout the course of the game anyway, yeah. But um, which I think probably tends to happen a bit, um, depending. But, yeah, so, again, um, gave me first turn, but, um, <laughs> but I was – I just got really lucky with that because I had Big Drog as close as I could get to his army. Uh, and so in his lines, he'd had, along the front, he had the, the Wardens, then behind that, the 30 Sentinels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was able to, I moved up Big Drog, threw, threw a rock at them, um, <laughs> at the Sentinels, you know, knocked a few Sentinels out. Because I'm like, I need to get rid of those 30 Sentinels. That's just yeah. kind of what I need to just try and get rid of those as best I can. Um before they kill me. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, 
and then yeah, moved my ten inches, threw a rock at him, um, got to the charge phase, and I rolled, I rolled like a whopping like I think it was like eleven inch charge or something. So I'm just like bang in. So round one, turn one, um, big drog right up on his front line, and because he's got three inch reach, I was able to put everything into the um, into the sentinels. Oh, nice! They were within three of the screen. They were within three. So and also. Yeah, so I put the ones I couldn't reach in the center also I put into the wardens, so knocked some of the wardens down and then did a whopping amount of damage on the um, the sentinels, really kind of hurt that unit quite quite significantly. Um, did whiff a little bit, could have been better, um, big drog, but um, it was still enough to put a bit of hurt and pain down, turn one on those units. Um, and I was kind of hoping he wouldn't remove the models so they'd be... Like I hope was hoping the unit would stay within three, so he wouldn't be able to inspiring presence them, because of um the big drug oh, yeah. rule and terror rule, which you can't inspiring presence if you're within three. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. So he was able to pop the CP to keep the wardens intact, and he'd removed um he had removed his um, models, so they'd be out th- out of three. So yeah. good good play for on on his on his part there. But yeah, that was kind of like the first turn, like big drug straight up there into his into the middle of his army. Um, so I was able to control two objectives um, and score up five. And battle tactic was against the odds for that. Um, so yeah, that was a good start for me, strong start. Um, then yeah, he chose against the odds as well um, for his his um, first turn. He was at a pump back um he was able to control two but not control more by that stage so he only scored he got his battle tactic and um scored up four yep yeah so um priority so i was up up by one turn one um and then it was i got the priority um because he'd done a, he had done a bit of damage to me and killed some units um of course with his shooting and, and stuff like that so um, I went eye for an eye, um, got some payback and um, scored that battle tactic. And um, now by this stage, I was controlling the three objectives. So scoring more again, um, creeping up. So another five for me. Um, he came back with eye for an eye. So it's like one of those games where we're, you know, you can't, sometimes you just mirror each other's battle tactics. Yeah. yeah. So that was happening on this game. Um, so he, I chose desecrate um, for the turn three. Um which I was able to achieve, um, but he was—I was, wasn't able to score more on that one, so got four. Um, again, he did desecrate for his turn. Again, um, couldn't score more, <laughs> so able to stop him, and so it was a four-four up for him. And we finished up on the fourth turn. So um, I did barge, got it, um, but I had no control of no objectives by that point, so only scored two. And he was able to go full five on his um, turn back. So um, the score in the end, neither of us got our grand strat, but it was a flat 16 all <laughs> at the end of the game. So it was a yeah, perfect, wow. draw, perfect draw. So 15, 15 apiece for the um, you know, tournament, uh, for the tournament points. But, yeah, so right down the middle, excellent game, beautifully painted army. He had like kind of like a, a green and brown, a lot of greens and browns, almost like kind of like a wood elfy kind of vibe with his army. Um, okay. Yeah, and it was just a good, solid game, and he was a really, really nice fellow. And I think, yeah, just to to have a game where you have a draw with someone like that is fantastic. Like 
there was a point where I think, um, what is it? Uh, I think it's barged through, or was it against the odds? I can't remember, but he um, he started moving one of his units, and that would have like taken him. That would have that would have stopped him from getting his um, battle tactic. Um, so he started moving his sentinels out because that was the unit he picked. Um, and I was like, he started moving it out. And I, I knew straight away that if I didn't say anything, he would just keep going and then he wouldn't get his battle tactic. Um, but I was like, uh, like, I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say something. So I just said, Hey man, like you, I can see you moving sentinels, but you know, remember if you're moving those, you're not going to get your battle tactic. And he's just like, ah, yeah. Ah, thanks for reminding me. Blah, blah, blah. And it was just like one of those moments where you like, Hmm, do I let someone make the big mistake or do I, do I speak up and say something? So I was like, well, you know, I'm not, at the t- I'm not top tables. I'm not that kind of player. Like I'm just, I'm a casual player anyway. So yeah. I was just like, you know, and it's just this, a sporting thing to do. I think for like personally, like I, I don't know other people might just let it, let people make their mistakes and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's depends on how you want to play and it's, it's all each their own. And, but for me, I just saw that happening. I was like, I can't, no, nah, if he, he was the kind of guy I knew he would do that for me. So I was, I'll do, I'll, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say something. So, yeah. yeah. So he was really and grateful it's, for it's that. It's also the yeah. thing if you're like, if you win the game because of that, do mm. you like, are you going to be like, yeah, I won because I played really well. Or are you like, well, oh, I won because my opponent just did something that, they really shouldn't do like yeah that he no, wouldn't have done if they'd like, remembered you know like um yeah but then part of that is the is the fatigue of the game like are you taxing their brain on making them make decisions that they do forget stuff like that so yeah it is yeah. a tricky one because yeah i'm with you like i generally like i probably would say like are you sure you want to do that because like when it's something so obvious you're like mate like you've obviously yeah. forgotten your battle tactic and you just yeah, fail. Yeah. Like you just failing a battle tactic. It's not like you're actively acknowledging I need to do this move to try and win the game. It's gonna cost me my battle tactic. I'm aware of that, but I'm trying to make a bigger play. It's not that. It's they've yeah. just clearly forgotten. And like obviously they don't want to do that. So Yeah. yeah to, After to, they they he'd just chosen against the odds. Um literally like a few, you know, five minutes beforehand before he moved on into his turn and started doing something else, you know, like yeah. just didn't click for him. Um, so yeah, but it's yeah. one of those things like, cause I know like, yeah, like Corey would be saying to me like, no, nah, absolutely. You just let them do it. Nah, that, that you're a tournament mate. Like that's on them. If they want to like lose the, yeah, lose yeah. The game. And I'm like, yeah, but like, but I'm, I'm playing know. a different, I'm playing a different tournament against different people, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle to bottom. <laughs> like I'm but even I'm a, then, I'm, I think I'm Corey to bottom would be like, nah, every game matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's because he's he's um that's his jam. He's a competitive player, so yeah, you know, it lets things fall as they may. Um, whereas I'm, but it like, is funny. My, I love said... the I love the garage hammer. I'm like I'm at my prime, um, in the shed with the fire going and some music and beers. You know, like rolling dice, taking eight hours to play a game. But, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you say, maybe you not say, that long, maybe five hours. <laughs> you, say the, you say the like competitive thing, right? But maybe like it's a, it's maybe the re- maybe the only reason like you're not getting like four one or five zero is because in your games these situations are coming people. up, and you're like <laughs> telling your opponent, "Hey, 
don't do this because now you're going to lose the game. Whereas like maybe those other people don't say those things. So they win. They, yep. they win the game. Like, yeah, it's part of mm. it. So mm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it depends. Do you want to win like on those so, games or do you yeah. not care? And you'd rather just know that when you do win that you've won when the game was not yeah. down to your opponent making dumb decisions, etc. Like, Well, it's, for it's, me, it's, it's interesting. Winning, winning's not the goal of the game. Like, yeah. of course, of course it is the, like, you know, you want to win. It's great. It's good to have a win, but like, it's more, for me, it's more of the, um, the interaction and the experience that you're having and the, yeah, that you're having with that person. And yeah, I don't know. It's different, different focus for me. Yeah. It's not, it's no, not as huge. It. It's not as important for me. Um, I just want to have a good game, whether I win or lose doesn't matter. Like yeah. I just, yeah. Um, Cool. So that's that's my turn. That's my game four. Sorry, not my turn four, my game four. Um, so, yeah, draw. So by this stage, I was on two losses, one win, one draw. So there you go. Nice. I had Kieran Coates. Um, so obviously, yeah, you said Nidus Paths. So mm-hmm. my thing for day two was like I've had such a rough run in terms of player, like people, um, skip, like that I just wanted like middle of the road normal kind of people like games you know what i mean so <laughs> i was like cool don't like i didn't know kieran before um he's playing skaven so i'm like okay cool but nidus paths and like mm. nidus paths is one of the harder missions for my army because i don't have loads of units to like screen out the teleporting and control like four objectives etc and then Skaven are really good into Nidus Paths because they are an army that has loads of units and can spread out and teleport through Norholes as well as the back corners and yeah everything everything like that. So I was like, okay, this is not a good matchup. Like the, this is not a good scenario for me, and this is a good scenario for Skaven. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, fine. Um, we start deploying. Like nothing against my opponents for both the games day two but i'll be honest like straight up my day two was not the experience i wanted from cancon um so yeah um i this game was close um i lost the game um i think the final score was what do i have written down so so the final score is 24 he was 24 you were 22 yeah, so so two points in it, and part of that was me clawing it back on the end for like the grand strat denial because if I was trying to continue playing the game, like yeah. I knew I was gonna, I knew I was gonna lose the game like on VPs by like a point or two, but if I kept trying to just play the game to control all the objectives and score as many points as I could in the game VP terms, I was not gonna get my grand strat, and he was gonna get his. So then I was like, well, actually, VPs in the game doesn't matter for the actual CanCon scoring. Like, you could win by 30 points or you could win by one point. It's still a a 16-0 major win. And then it's all Mm. it comes down to battle tactics achieved and grand strats achieved and opponents denied. So Mm. my last turn, I basically, like, I played the turn to, like, deny the grand strats instead of continuing in a way that was going to mean that I failed mine and he got his. Um so yeah, I lost the game, but pretty closely. It was more just frustrating because it went like right to time and from deployment, like I was having to tell my opponent, like, you need to speed up. 
because my army is super quick anyway. Like my army deployment was like this unit's on the table, this unit's on the table, this unit's on the table, rest is mm. in the sky, I'm done. So I like literally did that and I, I was like, cool, I'm all deployed, you finish off, I'm going to go get a drink. And I came back and he's just like still like putting clan rats down and moving. So it was like 20 odd minutes, I think, for deployment. Mm. And it was just him like putting models on the table, which is like, I think that's part of the issue with Skaven is just unfortunately most people that play Skaven, like they just don't play them quick enough because I get it. There are loads of models and you want to make your screens and you need to put your coherency correct and everything, but like you got to be able to do it quickly. So it was frustrating just being like, my turns are going to be like five minutes. Like I can get through mine. And I'd my my whole thing for why I took my list to CanCon was so that I had like hour and a half games. I wanted that like hour. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted that hour at the end of the games, win or loss. I wanted that hour at the end of the games to be able to chill out. Yeah. Go get a drink, go talk to people, go look around, etc. Um, but yeah, the game was just slow the whole way, so that we had to rush right through to the end. And I was I knew I was gonna lose from like the end of like three, but I was like, we still need to push through this to achieve our battle tactics, etc., to like get the scores yeah. for the result. I can just hear so, um, Big Sean, Big Ch Big Sean, high fiving <laughs> you right now. <laughs> nah, he'll he'll be thinking, oh, it was you that was being slow, and I'm like, it was not Sean. I, I barely had any models on the table. It was not me being slow. It, it but, was um, Chris being slow. <laughs> but it was yeah. just like, yeah, it was. I won't lie, it was frustrating. Um, it was mm -hmm. one of those things where I needed to win. Like if I'd got early prio, I could have just gone in and like smashed my opponent off as well. Yeah. And then that makes the game a lot quicker. So when you're like sitting there, just like, come on, I just need prior because then I can just get this game done. And then you're like, no, but <laughs> I wasn't necessarily like dying. So you're always like, okay, well, if I get the next prior, I can go and I can kill this. And then you can still try and win the game because it was still close in points. But I just like, I didn't get it early. And then to be fair, I did get it turn three, but then it was still like a couple of things happened in the game where I lost, I literally lost both my units of long strikes in the game when I didn't think I was losing them in that turn. Yeah. So I thought when I dropped them down, I, I felt like where I had put them, I couldn't, like, I wasn't going to lose them. Um, yeah. Because Kieran's list was actually really cool. And it's like afterwards, I've been thinking a lot about the tech that he used in that list. And I think it's really mm -hmm. smart. Um, and like, I would be looking to put it into like a scathing list going forward. So basically what he had was um, three graces on foot, which is not very common, but it's so he gets the three claw steps ahead, allegiance ability, which doesn't seem that great like because the thing is i speak like obviously i've talked to dan a lot who knows skaven and he's like nah that's just a waste of points like he doesn't have thankor he doesn't have all this stuff that dan is like this is great it's a very different list to like what dan would do mm. so yeah I, I kind of didn't really know much about it but mm. essentially the three claw steps ahead it lets them the first run roll and the first charge roll that any of his units make in the game the rest of his army can choose to use that run or charge roll so he oh, right. his li so his list was three graces on foot uh, a warbringer um yep. vermin lord and then uh three times 20 clan rats and then four times 10 plague sensor bearers 
and yep. two drills. Two warp, two warp grinders, yeah. Two warp grinders um, and cogs. And this was really clever because yep. cogs, you look at the list and I would have just assumed it's to give him re-rollable costs. But actually, it's like he can do that in the early turns if he wants to make his buff spells more reliable. But the main other thing actually is Cogs gives reroll charges wholly within 12 of it. Yeah. So the whole tech of this list is basically he puts like Death Frenzy or Dreaded Death Frenzy or whatever on the Vermin Lord Warbringer plus like Death Frenzy on a unit or two if he can, like with the Dreaded Death Frenzy of Plague Sensor Bearers. Puts Mystic Shield onto the Warbringer, like all the buffs, he casts Flaming Weapon on the Warbringer, etc. Um, from the back of the board, pretty much for the Warbringer, and then he can skitter leap the um, either the Warbringer if he needs it, or like a Grey Seer can go through um, like a warp um, an ore hole. But essentially, he, he looks to cast Cogs down where he wants to be popping up his units to make charges, and then he can also put like ten of the Plague Sensor Bearers, for example, that start on the board that have got Death Frenzy, can go through one of his ore holes. And then he's got the drills that he can pop up with Plague Sensor Bearers in range. And then generally what he's trying to do is say the drill, um, wholly within 12 of the cogs that's on reroll charges, he goes for the, like he's popping up nine away, but he can pop up nine away all over the board against multiple yeah. different units. Hmm. But basically he's popping up nine away with the drill, tries to make a nine inch charge with the drill. If he gets it on that first roll, every single thing in his army makes its nine inch charges. He, if he doesn't, he's got the reroll. If he gets the reroll, everything in the army gets the nine inch charge. Yeah. And then even if he doesn't, <laughs> even if he doesn't make one of the, like the nine on one of those first two rolls, every other unit can still then attempt its own nine inch charge. And any of the ones that are in range of the cogs, it's also rerollable. So mm -hmm. any, any unit that pops up in range of the cogs basically has four chances at rolling a nine plus wow <laughs> to good. make their to make their charge and like i say if one of the first two rolls is the nine every single Everything thing in the army makes their charges so it's actually like super reliable it's in the like 70 80 percent um wow. to make yeah. the charges and then because he's like normally again with skaven they're fragile you don't want to be making multiple charges into stuff that can kill you but because of the death frenzies and dreaded death frenzy he can basically attack first with the one unit that he's charged in that doesn't have death frenzy and then all the other ones even if they die they still get to fight with fight death anyway. frenzy yeah and plague yeah. plague sensor bearers hit like a truck like if they charge they hit like a truck um for 180 points 10 plague sensor bearers is amazing <laughs> So it's potential um, for him to go in and just like everything just to be nothing left on that side of the board. <laughs> everything just gets... Well, it's not even on that side of the board because he can pop up everywhere. Or so wherever, he, can, yeah. Yeah. he can do it anywhere. And so that was the thing. Like I don't have loads of units to zone stuff out, but kind of turn turn one, he skit a leap to try and get the cogs in position. I did actually unbind the cogs because I was like, well, the cogs is the tech. Not, not letting that happen, yeah. But mm -hmm. in hindsight, I actually didn't <clears throat> feel like I should have left it because... I had a feeling like when like he didn't then pop up the drills and like go for the nine inch charges because he didn't have his cogs tech. But I was like, do you know what? If I'd left that, I reckon he would have gone for it. And obviously first turn, my unit of six long strikes and my unit of four long strikes were off the table. So 
no, and my three, I think I'd left all of it off the table. Um, so I was kind of like, it would have been better even if he came in and like made his charges and took off like my fulminators and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then at least he would have brought up the units. They kind of would have done a lot of their output and then my long strikes could have dropped down and gone bam, 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 bam. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I unbound it. He didn't go for it turn one. I pushed up a bit. Um, I made a dumb mistake with a charge, uh, not with a charge, with a run on my two Forminators, just trying to push up close to an objective where it, I knew I was far away from it. Um, I teleported. He had like three clan rats and expert conquerors on his turn. So I teleported my five true revs. So I was like, I'll get that objective. And then I just did the dumb thing where I didn't put the nine inch stick down from his unit of clan rats when I ran my Fulminators and the end of their move, he like went, oh, can we just check if that's within nine? And I was like, oh shit, yeah, it shouldn't be. But we look at it and it's like eight and a half. So I was like, ah, oh, bugger. So yeah, <laughs> obviously he redeploys the clan rats to put like two two more clan rats basically onto the objective. So mm. I, I don't take it, um, which is annoying. So I drop the one, two more on my first turn. So it was like four points to me, five points to him. So already I'm like, damn it, I'm one point behind. And that was just dumb because I've had that... It, like when I've done that, when I know my opponent hasn't been like looking at the redeploy, they haven't thought about it. They've moved up, they've stopped moving it. And then I go redeploy and they realize that what I'm going to do is going to stop them scoring a tactic or do something. And then they go, Oh, I didn't need to end within nine. And then they just don't like that's happened a couple of times. So I have a blanket rule now. I have a blanket rule now where I won't let someone do that against me. That's my like no. Yeah, well, that's it's kind that's of like a, a part of the game. You didn't think about it. You what mm. you have done, you have done. Like I, I'm normally pretty good with takebacks, but that's just a huge part that's triggered me a few times. It's, it's too um, it's too important for it to be a. Yeah. So yeah, so mm. when obviously that happened to me, I was like, I was pissed off with myself. But, but like that's that's like they've made that move, right? Yeah, and that's what they decided to do, and now that they've realized that. Yeah, it's like, no, you, no, too late. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. The redeploy is the like, cool, you didn't see it. I have seen it. This is the thing. Yeah. But anyway, so I was on the flip side of that. And, but obviously it was like, yeah, damn it. That's annoying. But I'm not obviously going to go, oh, well, I didn't need to be within nine. So I'll just move back now. I was like, no, I'm going to cop that. <laughs> um, but that was, that was more just, I started, I was annoyed at myself for that dumb mistake. But yeah. then, um, anyway, turn two, so, and I did Desecrate early. I'm trying to think why, tactic-wise, I was like, oh, I can get Desecrate with, I think because where the tree revs were moving to or whatever, I was like, I'm going to where I'm positioned. I'm going to get this tactic, so I'll just do that now, and I'll keep, like, against the odds as an easy one for later. Yeah. But but Desecrate is normally one of my easier ones later on as well, so I don't know if, if it was the right choice doing that at that turn, but... Um, it didn't matter in the end. Like I managed to get all of my battle tactics. Um, but yeah, I, so then he got turn two prior, which was the big one. Um, Cause yeah, he then came in, got his like cogs tech off and he made his nine inch charges across the board. And so I lost the 10 plague sensor bearers at the top, took off my two fulminators that I had at the top. The Vermin Lord Warbringer took off the two Fulminators I had down at the bottom. Now, the annoying thing here is where I had moved up was I had moved my Xeros up like quite far away from the board edge. And the same thing where I had run my Fulminators the turn before. The reason I'd run them is because I was trying to push out where he could, how close he could be when he tunneled up nine away. 
to the board edge where I dropped my long strikes. So I put them, like if you imagine a bit of a triangle, I put them basically on the board edge. So he couldn't tunnel up near them. Mm. And they were like a good kind of 12, 14 inches away from like where he would be able to tunnel up mm. yeah. because of because of the Azeros and the um, the unit of Fulminators. So I had put them in a position where I was like, they <clears throat> like they should be safe. They were like five inches part or like no like they were like eight inches past my unit of fulminators so i was like they should be okay um but then he came in with the warbringer um who had like his death frenzies and all his buffs and he came in with 10 plague sensor bearers into the edge of my unit of fulminators with the like the nine or ten inch charge goes with the warbringer first who when he hits first with all of his buffs like to re-roll to wound twos and twos like he hits like a truck and he took off two fulminators no problem at all mm. yep so then the, the thing i didn't know that they had is the other thing with three claw steps ahead is that when like one of the heroes pile like piles in any friendly skaven like wholly within nine or twelve or something can make a pile in move but it's like the sequencing of it is it's not after the thing attacks. So it's any friendly Skaven units within range of that hero that are within three of an enemy unit can make a pile in move. I didn't right. realize, I didn't realize that they basically got a free extra pile in. So the Warbringer come and it's not after the Warbringer's attacks. So the Warbringer piles in. Once he finishes piling in, the Plague Sensor Bearers pile in three inches further along my unit of um fulminators so basically mm. they get they get three inches closer to the where the three long strikes are yeah the warbringer then does his attacks <clears throat> kills off the um fulminators then the plague sensor bearers because they've made a because they've made a charge in the turn even mm. though there's nothing within three they then pile in another three <clears throat> so they've then got two and three and then they essentially get an extra six inches yeah so they mm. they basically have an eight inch range after their charge so it let them basically mm. get into the three long strikes that i had thought i was not losing that turn because i was already like this is fine like even when he made the charges i was like this is fine my hero phase i'm gonna shoot off those clan rats that's gonna let me drop my four fulminators down in a good position to be on this objective and go to his home objective be able to wipe off all the so i was like this is cool i'd already planned ahead like that's fine my hero phase shot will be here and then when he got into the three long strikes and obviously like 10 plague sense bearers just rinses three long strikes i was like shit <laughs> like <laughs> i would have put them like even further and further and further away had i known that that was going to be a thing um so that was that was frustrating um because then it was just yeah. like oh i then had to quite try and quickly pivot to be like okay well now i can't hero phase shoot like where are my four fulminators going to come down also it's not just i can't hero phase shoot i've also lost that unit of three so i've just lost in that turn six long strikes worth of output yeah. um so i was like oh god trying to re-scramble to try and go what do i do for this turn um but basically i dropped my four full knees down pretty much in my territory at that point so that they were with were within range of both units of plague sensor bearers and the drill in the middle um i basically was like i have to shoot the unit of plague sensor bearers that is death frenzied 
which means I have to charge the unit that isn't death frenzied. And then I was worried about the Warbringer, but also I was like, I have to basically at this point, I was like, I have to play for the double. Like I can't really be thinking anything beyond this. I have to do this. So anyway, did that made the charge. I did actually get my charge in. I shot off the 10 plague sensor bearers that are at the top made the charge. This is where I had realized that there was actually a Stormcast battle tactic that I could do with my army because I thought Hello. I'd I'd thought that you <clears throat> couldn't really do the Stormcast ones if you didn't have the dragons. But hmm. one of them says Dracoth unit, and I was like, I have eight Dracoths in my army, and it's literally pick a, it, it's pick a unit from your opponent's army that has ten or that had like from their starting army with ten or more models. You get the tactic if a Dracoth unit kills that unit. Oh yeah. Easy. So I was, I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill ten plague sensor bearers with my dracoths. Like, they, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that, oh, that was my turn three. So I think I dropped them turn two, didn't make the charge or whatever. But my turn three, I knew I was going to be able to kill them because I was literally going to move up three away from them and and kind of kill them, sort of thing. Um, but anyway, that that got me my tactic turn three, killing the te- the plague sensor bearers. Um, and I went into the warbringer. Um, and this was the thing I was like, oh, well, actually, maybe if I don't kill him, he won't, he, like, he obviously, because he was double death frenzied, and I'd seen him, like, twat off two fulminators absolutely no problem in one go. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to lose my four fulminators, but my six long strikes will still be alive, and they'll be able to shoot off his units from range, and I should be able to kind of play the game in the last couple turns. Mm, yeah. Um but anyway, my four fulminators went in. They bat. They killed the. They killed the plague sensor bearers. Um, like two of them, and the other two killed the warbringer as well. So I did kill it. Um. So then he got to do his double death frenzy. But what we realized is when it's dead, obviously it brackets a lot the warbringer, and so its output. He didn't have like his rerolls because he didn't have loads of scaven in range. He didn't have plus one to hit, plus one to wound, etc. So his first swing into the fulminators he did three wounds mm. and i was like oh okay but again this is where i lost long strikes when i had been fairly confident i wasn't going to lose them because where the warbringer was was just within six of the long strikes at the back of the board so with double death frenzy he, because of the size of the base, was basically able to... He couldn't do it on the first pile-in because of the movement needed for rotation. So basically the first pile-in, he moved along my unit of fulminators, rotating his base to get closer to my long strikes. He, was, he wasn't he was within three. He was like 3.1. So he had to put all of his first round of attacks into the fulminators and only did three wounds. But then his second pile-in, he was able to still rotate and keep touching, but with the length of the base get within three of the long strikes and then he put the glaive attacks which arranged three into the long strikes and then he just killed all six long strikes with the glaive on his second thing which was like uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was this weird thing where i had thought i was losing the four formies but was going to keep the six long strikes and instead i didn't lose any of the formies but i lost the six long strikes hmm. and yeah, like for the late game, I needed the long strikes. I needed the range to be able to shoot off units from like other parts of the board, like just shoot his heroes and shoot plague sensor bearers. Um, so yeah, it just really sucked both times. Like if I'd looked, but again, that one was a 
just again not really playing against double death frenzy with a, a unit with a double pile in and a three inch range not that's just not something that i'm really thinking about to go i should i could have moved my long strikes like two inches backwards in my turn and that wouldn't have been able to happen kind of thing but pretty niche shit but to be fair to kieran he saw it and i was like we measured it and i was like yeah i can't i can't say that you're not in it was very close but i was like i can't say that you're not able to do that on your second activation um so yeah that was just one of those things um yeah but then but yeah um he then got gaining momentum and barge through and i think i did eye for an eye on my last turn so we both got all of our battle tactics um I was killing him at the end, even my zero off. So my true revs went in. My true revs did a nice nine inch charge from the teleport into one of his little heroes and got me his objective. So I was still playing the game, um, but I think it ended. I think it was he got five, 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 four in his turns, and I got four, three on that bad second turn where I couldn't get the points. Yeah. I got, yeah, I got four, three, five, four, four. Um, so yeah, it was it was close, and like I say, my last turn I gave up on getting the more to deny the grand strats by just teleporting yeah. by teleporting, basically learning from the game against Jimmy and teleporting my true revs into my territory so that I had more units or we had even because we both had the same grand strat of have more units in your opponent's territory. Yeah. So yeah. I I just put all of my units back into my territory and killed the units from his that I could, that I needed to, to um, mean that he wasn't going to have more. So I just played to deny the grand strats instead on the last turn, which brought it back to, oh, what would it have been the overall score? 12 plus eight. I would have had 20 and he would have had 24. So yeah, yeah. it was like tw 24 to 20, which for the can pack, I think it would have still been like a, Oh, I don't even know what the score would have been. Like a 21 to something win. Um, but yeah, so I, I've, I I got the loss there. But um, it was, I was annoyed because I was in danger territory. <laughs> like I'd lost two games now and it, yeah. was, mo it was more just the... Met matter of pride. It was... <laughs> <laughs> honestly no honestly no it was the the game went right to turn five and there was a couple of things in the game that caught me off guard that made the game really hard mm, um, yeah. but <clears throat> otherwise it was cool like it was a good learning experience from like the skaven and it's given me some like it, it opened my eyes to some really cool kind of tech with that mm. like cogs charge thing, which I think is really clever. So from that yeah, from that perspective, cool. it was good. Um, I just didn't want a slow game, um, unfortunately, and that's what I got. Yeah, yeah. How about you, James? How was your final game? Final game uh, was um, so we the battle plan was the silk steel nests, um, and yeah, when I checked to see how I was playing, it's um was Lachlan Clark. His name popped up, and I was like, yes. It's like one of the D three boys get to play. Got to play one of the D three boys during the during the weekend. So, um, yeah, I haven't actually had a game with Lachlan before. Um, known him for ages. Uh, been to plenty of other events where um, he's he's been there as well. So, um, yeah, really cool to actually be paired up and um, get a game going. So he he took uh, Night Hort, 
Um, so the Scarlet Doom with a, a cruel glass cruciator is the general. Um, he had a Dreadblade Harrow, Guardian of Souls. Um, so he had the, those were his three heroes. Um, then he had uh, one, two, three, four units of ten blade blade glass. Uh, sorry, blade glass revenants. Two units of ten chain rust, a black coach, and a Mongol. <laughs> oh, so, cool. yeah. So <clears throat> the Mongol was the Mongols are sick. Like I know they they might be leaving or they might be going soon, but um, from what um, Lockie was saying, but um, they've still got that minus one to hit. Um, bubble around them and they're just resilient like the whole army is resilient like there was some ridiculous moments where um i was you know i had big drug in there and i had other units in there attacking hitting away and stuff that should have died just like didn't die like you just <laughs> that's the old night haunt it's the Roll night four haunt. Ups. oh yeah four ups and then like being you know six ups but then also having the ability to just pop a, a cp for a five up as well um, yeah, that Mongol should have died like a few times during that game. Um, also like the, you know, the, so did, so did the black coat should have died as well. <laughs> uh, the black, my black, sorry, my, um, blood knights were able to like get a good charge on it. Um, and I was like, yeah, that should, that should hopefully like at least cripple it or, or if not kill it and got it down to one wound. Um, <laughs> but like there was just, yeah it was just so hard to kill his stuff. And, <laughs> and it's like a taste of my medicine. Cause like I'm a night haunt player as well. <laughs> so it's good. It's interesting to see, to be on the receiving end of, of like all these units. Um, but um, yeah, no, were we had you, a good, were you um, with the gate breaker? Cause like with big drog, cause you're not going to bother using his like rend three. Were you going for the four up four D six? Yes, I did. Yes. So yeah, that's, I did do that. And it, uh, dished out 20 mortal wounds to his unit of um, blade glass revenants. In one go? In one go, yeah. 20. Yeah. 20. Bam. Yeah. But he, but it, not before like reducing him to like two wounds. Like he was, he was able to dish out a fair amount of damage back. And so. I love that that doesn't scale. I mean, it's ridiculous that yeah, it doesn't it, scale, but. It's so dicey. Like it's only, but like the thing is I've used it in every game at least once. Um, and it's only ever failed. That four up has only ever failed me once. Um, I've always managed to pop the, well, not always, but um, every time except one, I've been able to um, pop those four, 46. And it's always been a really good um, 46 roll as well. That's <laughs> so spicy. it's always had good times with that ability. So it's able to pump that out um, during the game. Um, but there was a bit of, um, yeah, for me personally, there was, I, you know, the classic blame your dice, whatever. I just had a string of bad luck with some rolls as well. Um, fair bit of whiffing. But, um, yeah, so round one, I went first again <laughs> and um, went against the odds, got my battle tactic, um, controlled up four objectives, so scored up four. Um, then, yeah, against, yeah, he, he did the same thing when he, on his turn against the odds, so it was four apiece. Uh, turn two, did barge. Uh, through enemy lines, um, scored, got an extra objective and um, scored up six on that one because I... Um, did you do I, it with two with GVs? Yeah, did it with two GVs, so I got the extra point. Then he went ahead and did the same thing <laughs> with his um, chain rust back in my territory. Uh, so <clears throat> so he scored up six. 
Because I was like thinking, oh yeah, if I just do this cheeky little six, that could be the difference between winning and losing. But um, yeah, he managed to keep it even. <laughs> so uh, then, yeah, next one down was um, Desecrate for me. <clears throat> um, so I was able to um, scrap, uh, cap on that one and it was another six points for me um, after that turn. Um, then he did eye for an eye um, and wasn't able to pull that one off, unfortunately. Um, oh, wait. Sorry. I'm talking about my own. I'm, I'm looking at his scores. <laughs> <laughs> wait. My turn three, I did. I went for eye for an eye. Didn't get the, eye for an the eye. The Black Russian is kicking in, everyone. It is, yeah. I'm starting to slow a bit now. But <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. I, did, I didn't I did do Desecrate. I did Desecrate in my last turn because that was like the quick sort of resol resolve we did at the end of the game. So anyway, so he did he did desecrate turn three, scored up six, um, came back to me, um, eye for an eye. Um, couldn't get that because of all those lovely um, ward saves and four up armor saves. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, by that stage he was controlling six objectives. I was only controlling two, um, so I scored two points, and that's where it kind of like the parody ended um, at the end of turn three. So yeah. into, um, we were kind of starting to run out of time. So um, he got a turn four and then we, um, and he, he did one stop, no return, which was a, a night haunt one. I can't remember what it, what it was or what it's it was. Black coach what it, one, I think. Oh uh, yeah. 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 And that black coach had like one wound left or two wounds left or something. Like I was just, I was fuming <laughs> <laughs> underneath a great big smile and course and having a great time. Lucky, don't worry. <laughs> It was a good game. Um, and, yeah, so he got that one stop. He scored up five, so he's and he got his grand strat. So his final score was 24. Um, my last, you know, my turn, bottom of four, got the desecrate, um, got three points and scored 15 without a grand strat. So, yeah, it was um, close. For, it was the first half of the game, we were, we were on, on par, but then, yeah, it just it swung back in his direction for the last couple of turns. Um, but yeah, it was an awesome way to end off in the tournament um, playing against Lachlan, uh, legend, legendary guy um, from a legendary crew. So yeah, it was. I couldn't. I couldn't hope for more um, to finish off the tournament. Just another another great game, and um, I can honestly say like that was one of the better and probably if not the best CanCon experience I've had over the weekend. Um, you know, like other I've had CanCons where I've walked away not feeling as great, but like. I had five great games against five great opponents. Um, whether I won or lost didn't matter. It was just, I just had a great weekend playing playing the game. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of the last hurrah before moving on into um, Season 2 GHB. So, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, to, to cap it off, I uh, was nominated for the um, Course Army votes. So that was, um, that made me happy because, um, you know, the, it's the kind of the, the nod and acknowledgement that um, I was hoping for, for my um, Vendrak dynasty yep. army. So finally, finally got, got that. Like I had, had won a um, best painted model um, at border war last year, but it's sort of, it, yeah, it, the army, it was, it was real. I was really happy to, to see it up there with, yeah. um, with presenting with the other, Coolest armies, you know, and it is and really cool. The bandbreaker, like it adds. Oh yeah, it, it, it adds it's, that really cool factor to it. He's like, an awesome centerpiece, you know, and, and and always get good, always get a lot of comment and um and feedback on like 
positive feedback on him um, wherever I've taken him. So I've taken him to a couple of events now. So um, I think I will keep taking him, but but um, maybe with the new the new uh, GCs Galician champions um, probably won't be seeing him as much. I've, mm. I've got a different I've got a different list now. Um, probably still chucking him in as the GV killer, <laughs> but I'm, I'm opting for something else. But um, yeah. So overall, really good weekend. I want a shout out, special shout out to Duncan. Um, Duncan, if you're listening, um, big shout out to you, mate. Your Soulblight Army um, was nominated as well for coolest army that was yeah this amazing um prince for dry um 3d print model huge model it was like it was it was how big would you say it was probably like 20 inches across from a wingspan maybe 15 inches wingspan it was huge and and, yeah. and it was impressive and all the all these other units were beautifully painted um mate you deserve to be there you've um, worked hard at at your at your hobby over the over the last over the years and it's just really awesome to see you see you um up there on that on the nomination with um you know rubbing shoulders where you belong mate it's where you belong so i want to just a, a big up for you big um a big congratulations to you mate um but also um sean benson who took away the votes for yeah. the best painted um so i want to yeah shout out to sean as well with his um goff rocker um his um was it like heavy metal. Yeah, it's, oh, that was uh, Ragnar- like not, not, Rag- not Ragnarok. Wag- um, Wagnarok, Wag- yeah. Wagnarok, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, it was. It took the cake. It was the, um, you know, in, in the absence of, of Blake Kowick, it, it was definitely meeting the standard of of Blake's um, epic displays. So and but yeah, Sean, yeah, big 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 ups for you, mate. Um, shout out to you for that, and or everyone else who was um, nominated for the coolest armies. Uh, this year and obviously the ones who won, who um, received prizes for best painted judges choice as well. So um, yeah, there was a lot, the standard as always was, was very high um, as it always is at CanCon and people going all out with their displays and, and their armies and people, people taking a lot of pride in their hobby. And that's one thing I really love about Age of Sigmar, especially going to an event like CanCon, um, you know, lots of different gaming systems and in play Everyone, it's kind of like the event you go to where you put your best foot forward and you're putting your best out there for your game. It's like you're there yep. representing your game as well, not just you're not just there for a tournament. You're representing your your little hill, you know, in within the the wider hobby scene. So I think Age of Sigma always um, always does really well in that in that area. So yeah, proud proud of you all. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was cool. The the Skaven one with all the like converted ships, mm. like forty k ships. The, Incredible, the, the, yeah, yeah. Converted as like the warp lightning cannons and the um, yep, the Ashes Gargans and stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, obviously Ashes Gargans yep. Causeway. Um, Benny's um, Cruel Boys, which I think he got. Um, yeah, I think he got third place. Cool yeah. Army. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he's done. He's done like a new army for pretty much every tournament he's been to yeah. the last year and like either won or got nominated or whatever for mm. coolest army. So he's smashing, he is smashing them out at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Um, Cause like, you know, in the hobby chat, he's like, he's the main contributor to that hobby chat. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, it's the Ben Spinetti hobby progress chat. <laughs> but like all of it as well is just usually with him, like certainly it's cool boys. It's just, painting like it's just using really cool yeah. color schemes 
because yeah. like there was yeah. no like conversions or crazy like big like alternate centerpieces or anything he just found this really unique color scheme with like whitish kind of armor but then and like cloth and then he'd done this cool salt like salt lake type basing scheme that yeah. i think he he found a picture from like real life like how it looks which is all like whites and oranges and blues and stuff yeah. <laughs> hard to describe but um and if you looked at it you'd be like what, what? but then when he shows yeah, yeah. you like the reference picture and stuff you're like actually yeah like a, that is completely like a real life thing it's like and a it's volcanic really... salt pool like yeah. sulfuric salt pools yeah it's like, <laughs> um, it's like really blue but then like around the edges the yellows around the rocks and everything yeah yeah but yeah it was yeah. just it was really cool and striking and yeah um yeah and yeah, his his vulture was really cool as well with like the pink feathers and yeah, yeah, nicely blended um, wings and stuff like that and stuff. So yeah, yeah I agree on those painting comments. Um, I think just quickly, I guess I'll round out my kind of fifth. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, kind of um, rolled on. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. No, so I I was playing Jason Brown, who I've played before. Um, I played him at Border War last year, um, oh, nice. and he yeah. he had exactly the same list. That I played him at Border Wars, so that was good. Oh, I was okay. like, cool. Yeah. I know what the list is. So he was playing Soul Blight, um, Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, Manfred, um, a Vampire Lord on Foot, Necromancer, two tens of Wolves, uh, 10 Skellies, and 20. then 20 Graveguard, 20 Graveguard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, like I. A good Graveguard as well. So, yeah, with the, yeah. the big. Two damage the, weapons, the proper um, ones, yeah, not the not the ones that um, I take. And he was in Vikos, so like you get the plus one to wound, um, yeah. aura from the vampires and and re-roll, um, the re-roll, re-roll. cast. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we were again at somewhere where we're like, okay, fine. Um, silk steel nests, though, not a good mission for my army because eight objectives have to spread out a lot while also defending your own, so that they're not getting burnt is a very good mission for soul blight where lots of units they've got grave sites they can recycle back from grave sites when you kill them so very similar to my last game in like in all honesty where i'm playing a mission that's bad for me against an army that's playing the mission that's good for them um and to be honest this game was pretty similar to the skaven one where it was really close but i was losing it couldn't get priorities um i literally didn't win a single priority role and again it was just like if i got them i could just kill and move on and push to the back um (laughs) and i did the exact same thing where i just played for the fifth turn grand strat denial knowing i was gonna like lose the game by a couple of points um but it was again went right to time and had to play it but was playing the whole game through because i was like if i get pro then i can win this and if i get pro then i can win like every single turn so (laughs) it just sunday i'll be honest absolutely sucked for my cancon experience from a gaming experience it was not at all what i wanted um Mm, i it wasn't the losing although that did suck because it was a bad like really bad result for me i went two three overall um, mm, which I think yeah. is my second. I think that's my second worst result at a tournament ever. So yeah. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed in that. But honestly, it was more the experience on day two. I just I would have been a lot happier if I'd lost those two games in an hour and a half. I just wanted yeah. that. I just yeah. wanted the hour, hour and fifteen left. Like 
it was frustrating because I took my list specifically knowing it had to weaknesses. Do that. It, like it didn't, it didn't <laughs> yeah. have, it didn't have screens. It was just efficiency so that if I get priority and I do my stuff, I just kill my opponent yeah. and I win the game. But if I lose priority, my opponent should be able to kill me. So then I, then the game's done because I'm dead. But then both my opponents didn't have the stuff to kill me like later in the game kind of yeah. when I lose priority. So it was like, uh, and so yeah, just having to ru- having to rush and push my opponent as well to get to the end of the five turns when my army is a very quick army to play. Like, because in all of my games, as soon as my knight Xeros is dead, I'm like, I don't have a hero phase now. I pick a battle tactic and I go, "What would you like to do for your heroic action?" And that, yeah. like, that's my hero phase. Like, as soon as the Xeros dies, like, that's it. Yeah. And then, so then when you're playing a game and you're like, what heroic action do you want? And then your opponent takes like three minutes going, oh, you might, you might shoot me this turn. So I could finest hour, but, um, oh, but then I could just go for the CP, but then I might want an extra unbind. Like there was times I, I, I was getting so angry, like in my head, <laughs> I didn't at the table, but I was just like, this is my this is my hero phase and I'm done in 10 seconds. Why are you taking three minutes to decide on your heroic action? Yeah. Yeah. So just I pick, was, just pick something. Go I was doesn't getting matter. a bit, a bit matter? of an eye twitch, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I did annoyingly from, obviously I made a mistake on deployment in hindsight, which was interesting to learn because like I know, I remember talking to Clint after Golcon about his list going forward and how he could change it, and we basically kind of said you drop the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon because he doesn't really do anything. Like he's he's in your list for output, but he's four hundred and forty odd points, and he doesn't really do that much. Like he doesn't generally hit that hard. So I was like, for four hundred and forty points, you can get more output elsewhere. So for this game, I was like, I'm going to give my opponent first turn. I know that like he's a combat army, he's going to come forward. So I actually thought, do you know what? I'll do something different to how I've played mm. my other games. I'll put the four Fulminators in the middle on the table so that in my hero phase, I'll be able to like Mystic Shield them. And then also he'll be on the table so I can move up the board and then have a much more reliable charge than dropping nine away and hoping for a nine-inch charge kind of thing. Yeah. So I, mm. I, put, them, I put them down and then he... He went forward with his Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, flaming weapon, flew Manfred up next to it, and he's obviously Vehicos, so he had the Sang Siren artifact. For the yeah, I was going to say, did he have the artifact? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, and he rolled the three. So yes. he got three, so he got three extra attacks. Oof. He's going in, he's going That's in nasty. two, like he's going in twos and twos, mm. and obviously when they charge, like his lance is like damage five with flaming weapon. Because mm-hmm. like it's Ren yep. two damage damage five with seven attacks on twos and twos, and all I can do That's is all huge. out. De- like all I can do is all out defense. He did fail the raw, so I got to all out defense, but I'm still on a four up save. So like fifty fifty for the save rolls versus the damage that's going to come through. So like I was doing the math, and I'm like, if he gets six, realistically, I take I do take ten to fifteen damage, and I took fifteen. Like my save rolls won't. Like it, I say they weren't great. It felt like it, but thinking it back, I'm like, actually like doing the math. That's what happens if he rolls those attacks and just having Manfred there to be twos and twos instead of like threes, threes, etc. 
so yeah that was definitely a bit of I kind of underestimated that because I was like, oh, he'll come in. I'll get an unleash hell. He might kill one or two, but obviously also he has to make the charge. So he moved because his he hadn't put him on the front line. He'd put mm. him behind behind screens because obviously if I go first and I drop down and I charge, I could just kill him. So he it's not like he had put his on the line and mine I don't think were quite on the line. But when he came forward, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to redeploy back from this. But I only rolled a one on the redeploy which obviously is part of the game, it happens. Um, but it was a seven-inch charge, but he made the charge, and then literally the, yeah, as I say, the Lance did 15 damage, so killed like two and a bit Fulminators, and then the Dragon Bites did 11, and he, he literally took the whole unit of four off, turn Oof. one. And wow. I, I had not expected that. All right, well, I take I take back what I said about the um, Vampire Lord Zombie Dragons earlier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, actually he can hit if he can deliver um and that was where the thing the about, artifact and the spell is definitely yeah but it, no it's not the spell well yeah flaming weapon but then the yeah. artifact but then it's manfred making him twos and twos oh yeah, um, yeah yeah but yeah it was more the yeah if i don't have a mystic shield on them and i don't have a castell and lantern buff like i, I could, probably could have right. done what i i probably could have done the same thing and then just gone actually i'll just go first and put my buffs up and then shoot stuff and but anyway I then, in my turn, killed the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. Mm. Like, with my long strikes, I dropped down, because now I've got to play the rest of the game with just my two twos of Fulmies, yeah. which, having played Pat round one, I know that my Fulmies are, like, fine to, like, skeletons, wolves, every, like, I'll kill them. If I hit the Graveguard, I'm going to take the Graveguard off in a turn kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But on the flip side, if the Graveguard get Pryo and they charge me, the Graveguard lift two Fulminators, no worries. yeah. Um, so it was kind of like, who's okay. going to get pri who's going to get prio when stuff is where, um, and yeah, I did. There was a bit of a glimmer of hope. So I got he got five turn one because he got all the like he had more obviously because he went first, and he'd been able to pop up skeletons onto my objective on the far right, which I was yep. like that's fine, but stupidly like i realized after i deployed my true revs on that side i should have put them on the three inch line instead of at the back so that he couldn't have just popped up and taken the objective um but i'd already deployed them and then that's the thing of i couldn't spare another unit over on that side on the objective because i just don't have enough units to put on the table at the start of the game yeah. for my army um so he popped up turn one gets more um and his tactic and then i don't get more obviously i um I didn't even kill, like I didn't kill the skeletons because my fulminators dropped nine away, but didn't make their charge. And obviously all my shooting went into killing the vampire lord on zombie dragon. Mm, um, yeah. So then when I lost turn two prio, those skeletons then just moved up into the middle of my objective because they're expert conquerors. Oh, so, yeah. so he <laughs> scores it, he scores it again and just burns it. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. because there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So as soon as I lost prior, I was like, for fuck's sake, like I've just lost three points essentially, plus needing to push back for a whole nother point now for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, but the issue was because I lost the four and I'd had to use all my shooting turn one to get rid of the vampire Lord on zombie dragon. And then I lost prio. I was always having to use all my shooting to focus on the threats in my face. Like I had to shoot Manfred. I had to shoot Graveguard that I couldn't use the shooting, the range advantage that the list should have over Soulblight to just spend a turn to shoot 10 wolves off at the back 
so yeah. that I can then teleport my true revs and then be taking his objective. Because if I didn't shoot all the things I needed to shoot in those early turns, every single turn when he won prior, he would have had that unit to just come in and kill the long strikes. Yeah. yeah. So it was just too much that I had to just, even though I had the long range, I, I physically had the ability to be able to shoot the wolves, but I couldn't, I couldn't put that damage output into the wolves. I had to use it on the stuff in my face or I was not going to have long strikes the next turn. Um, it just meant that when I would go in with the grave guard, I'd like I went in with the formulators, took off 20 grave guard, no worries. I'm like, cool. If I get prio, the wolves are right in front of me. I'm going to charge the wolves. I'm going to kill the wolves. Then I'm going to be on his objectives and he's got to turn around and scramble. Then he rolls the five up, puts 10 grave guard back in <clears> front <throat> of me, then, yeah. then yeah. wins the priority. And then they charge me and like, Big, big, big. I was just like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> so it was one of those games where I just kept every single turn. I was like, okay, if I can do this or if I can do this, if I can do it. But I just never got priority. And yeah, I didn't have enough units playing yeah. or I didn't have enough units and mm. enough output because of losing the four turn one. And that was a bad decision in my in, in hindsight. I should have just, even if I put them on the table, I should have put them at the back of the objective and just let him come forward onto the objective. Because in hindsight, he he was going to get more on that first turn anyway, just from the 10 skellies. So it actually didn't matter. Even if like I'd put myself really far back so that the vampire Lord stood on my objective and outnumbered me because mm. it isn't, it isn't worth any extra points to him. And that's something yeah. that I'm still not getting in my head because yeah. I'm so used to playing the game of every objective is everything worth matters. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just you, yeah. I think you just like to own all the objectives anyway. I do. That is my playstyle. Yeah. I like to own yeah. every single one. And I've got to, <laughs> I've, I've got to I've got to stop doing it. But um, yeah. So I def I definitely made some mistakes um in that game, hundred percent. But yeah, there was also just like frustration of time as well because my turns were super quick. Every time I lose a unit mm. as well, like my turn just gets faster and faster and faster. So that. I'm doing like five minute turns. I, I still managed to get all five of my battle tactics through the game. Um, he actually failed his one in the second turn, which mm. was big. I was like, when he failed one, I was like, okay, like I'm still in this now, even though I went down a down one point in the first battle round, I was like, mm. now he's yeah. failed a tactic. Yeah. That's a, that's big. Um, Cause I think he chose gaining momentum and he basically had to kill my knight of Zeros with Manfred. And he had an arcane bolt charged up and he came into my Xeros. He did three mortals off the arcane bolt. And I was like, oh God. Um, <laughs> but then all of Manfred's attacks did one wound and my knight of Xeros li <laughs> oh, lived. <shit. laughs> and he, I'm not going to lie. He, he, uh, was, he was like, he was pretty tilted. And I was like, that is massive. My Xeros is alive. This is huge. But um, yeah, <laughs> oh, it didn't, it didn't matter. He's um, betrayed then, by Manfred. <laughs> but then Man Manfred was a pain in the ass for the rest of the game because then after that, I couldn't. He lived when he shouldn't have done to all my long strike shooting, and then <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do anything with him, and he was just flying in my back lines, killing my tree revs. And then he bolted off my Zeros the next turn and the three long strikes, and I had one turn and he didn't die. And then he was a nightmare for the rest of it, and I couldn't deal with him. So he Manfred definitely got his revenge. So, <laughs> um. But yeah, like both both my opponents were were nice guys. It, there was a little bit of frustration around the game being slow. Um, yeah. But yeah, that it. 
I didn't want to be salty about the results or, and about the opponents. Um, I was disappointed to lose both games, but honestly, it was just that they both went to time, like right at the end of five, and I was having mm. to push like to get us there. Um, it just wasn't what I'd wanted from CanCon, so it kind of I won't I won't lie, it was my worst gaming experience at CanCon I've had over the five years on the Sunday. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah okay. not the best gaming experience for me but in the evening it picked up again because we had the the sunday night social yeah we did yeah back at the um the D, d3 cabin at the carousel so obviously we did the big pack up as well um helped help clint and the crew put away all the terrain and stack it into the van and um i think um yeah clint made they made the announcement for people to take the table toppers and which I think yep. they were completely taken all of them, I think. Yep. Um, so I know that um, Will, Sarah and I um, hopped to and grabbed a whole bunch of tape. Um, toppers. I was going to so, say, did you, did you get a bunch of them? I know you were trying to. So. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I can't, I actually have to ask Will, so how many we actually got in the end, but we, we filled up, we filled up the back of his, um, Ute with a whole heap, so okay, that's good. They'll be they'll be good for our events in Goulburn and stuff going forward, and yep, and whatnot. Um, and for the club for the Goulburn Gamers Guild. So, um, yeah, awesome, really good. Um, but yeah, should we do just uh, do a rundown on the um, on the placings, the ladder? Yep. So Jordy Jordy Flat wins wins the day wins the weekend. Um, massive so result for Jordy. Massive role for Jordy. Yeah, five and zero, yeah. and win. He won CanCon with Beasts, and yeah, honestly, I'm stoked yeah. for him. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. And his he he obviously like went five zero. He had strong results, but he was won, also cool army as well. Um, yeah, like he nominee. won the overall of CanCon because painting points and like favorite game votes as well pushed him up to the top, which is. He's an yeah, all-round. He's an all-round great guy, and um, yeah, yeah, um, the, tri- the triple threat. Super stoked for him for that. Um, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, Jordy. And um, so in second place, we had Corey uh, with Seraphon, also another five and zero. Congratulations, Corey, where you belong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, third place, we've um, we've got uh, the the famous Joel Graham. Um, with his maggot can of Nurgle. So congratulations to you, mate. Um, up there where you belong as well. And then further down, we've got um, – I'll, I'll go top 10. So we've got – Yeah, um, well, I mean, the top six were all 5-0s, so. Yeah, 5-0s. So we've got Henry Wagner with his Seraphon in fourth. Uh, Gary Chen with Sylvaneth, uh, 5-0. And we've got Yangshu Pang for with his uh, Stormcast Eternals in sixth. Um, Alexander, Alexander Crone or Cron. Admiral Cron, the Caradron Overlords. Uh, he's the first of the four and one. So congrat- congratulations, mate. Um, Scott Nicholson with Lumineth in eighth. Matthew Dale, Stormcast Eternals in ninth. And tenth, uh, Lumineth Realm Lords, we've got uh, Cam and McKean. So congratulations to the top tens. Um, and yeah, just looking down the list, there's a lot of very familiar names in that sort of top 20 bracket. So yeah, it's um, it was a fantastic weekend all over. Um, and look, I just want to do a shout out to Clint and the Herald's crew and Failed Charge guys and all the extended family um, uh, who have 
helped with running CanCon over the last five years. I just still remember the first year um, and how stoked we were, and there was just that real excitement of the new. Yeah. Because um, it was a new a new gaming system, and the scene was very sort of much in its infancy in those days, and it was the sort of the first uh, one of the first bigger events that kind of kicked off kind of like the whole thing that CanCon is now today. So, um, yeah, I think it was like 50 players was the first year. Not even that, it was like 40. Was it? Yeah, like, okay, well, for us in in those times, that was huge. Like, oh, my God, like this is the biggest event we've ever been to, like for Age of Sigmar. And, um, And then just sort of doubled in size the next year. And then, again, like it went up to... So it was like 40, 40, 50, whatever, first year. Then it was like 80 to 100 the second year. Um, I'm sure Clinton probably be able to tell us the exact numbers. But um, then the following year was 150. Or so it just sort of kept getting bigger and bigger every year until we had like the biggest one in the world um, a couple of years, a few years ago, and and, other, and the second biggest one in the world now um, after LVO this year. Uh, but, yeah, but it's still like a huge achievement. It was just mind-blowing seeing it grow and go from strength to strength and um just with the the, the hobby was insane like with all those displays like the, you know the barrel like uh what was the, the barrel the caradron daddy's yeah. barrel um caradron punk the last time like, yeah neon punk guys like you know you got um yeah tip Tim chest, Tim Barkley's like... pirate chest like there's so many awesome memories and the Blake of, of course Blake um and, and you know, because the the coolest army award becomes the as sort of the unofficial name is the Blake Kerwick Memorial Memorial um, <laughs> Award. <laughs> so yeah, it's just some great memories and great people over the years. Um, it's really been kind of like the center center and flagship, I guess, uh, tournament for Age of Sigma over the last for you know. Uh, well, we've had, we missed a couple of years of COVID and whatnot, so it's what seven years. Yeah. In time, yeah. In time, so um, but yeah, Clint. As as people would, listening would know, Clint's um, uh, yes, yeah. This that was his last one. Said so this is the last one he's going to run. Um, so the baton's being um, handed over. There is, uh, there is um, yeah. Just on the quiet, there are some talks uh, about who's going to carry it on um, at CanCon um, next year, moving forward. So. Uh, there are talks, and I'm, you know, pretty sure that there will be, um, uh, there will be more Age of Sigma Cancons to come, just run by different people. So, um, I think uh, it'll be more run by the more local people. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, I might have some involvement in that um, to varying a varying degree. <laughs> Someone needs to put their hand up to deal with um, the um, Canberra Gaming Society. I think mm. someone needs to take, someone needs to bear that cross, I think. Um, yeah, so we'll yeah, see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, there, there will be in some manner, it may not be as big um, due to resourcing and things like that, but, um, you know, it doesn't have to be as big every year, but it, it could, uh, yeah, we'll see what goes. We'll see what happens. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, just wanted to say thank you to all those people um, over the years who have contributed and helped and organised and driven all that you know, thousands of kilometers to, to make it. People have flown in all the competitors, um, everyone who's um, made it, it a really special thing. So, um, yeah, I'll just leave it there, but thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Like it's a, 
absolutely massive effort um, from Clint to to do it, especially at the 200 kind of player mark that he has for the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And just like, yeah, like I say, as much as I was like, oh, we helped out a lot setting up on the Saturday, uh, sorry, on the Friday this year. I was just like the whole time being like baffled at just how much like terrain, like yeah, Clint, Clint had had to make. And like Clint basically did make all of it. Like I, I just couldn't even fathom it um in all honesty and like just the the thought behind things like the table numbers because i know we like every year for slaughter still on the day like us or the day before like going to office works quickly and buying some like bits of yeah. cardboard and writing down table numbers and screw like clint had done really nice printed out ones that all folded up and you stapled them and they went to the table and there was like all the qr codes that had been printed out for submitting yeah. the results and just all the all of the um mysterious terrain markers that he'd printed off on his like fdm printer and stuff like that all in different colored reels of um like fdm so that all the red ones were all deadly and all the black ones were all mystical like damned etc um yeah just the amount of thought and effort that that clint has put into it every, every year but like just this year as well um it it is a massive amount of work and yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that Clint's finished running Call to Glory. Um, I know that's still up in the air, but I know he's obviously he's called it a day after five years at, at CanCon. Um, just being in Toowoomba and um, doing that big drive every year, and you know, obviously yeah. having to deal with the Canberra Games Society and everything is a huge amount of extra work on top of running the tournament as well. So, um, yeah, I just echo what James has said in terms of, yeah, thank you. Like massive thanks, Clint and all of the people that have helped over the years as well, like Dennis, et cetera. And yeah. Um, everyone that's ever kind of helped run it. Um, Mick and Jim, but yeah. But the um, streaming, the streaming and commentating and, and yeah. just, you know, Bouncing. <laughs> um, Remember, there's like there's been years where there's been people have to be have been ejected, <laughs> yeah, for, for unruly drunken behaviour. Um, so it's good to have people like Mick on your on your side in those situations. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but, but um, yeah, like I hope I just, that, uh, yeah, sorry. That, uh, I hope that a big like because the big thing about CanCon is it's the event that like everybody tries to go to. Um, yeah. each year and it does feel like the event where like you you catch up you have to go to cancon because that's the time you catch up with everyone from, from like age of sigma kind of scene and yeah. so uh, yeah like i don't know like i if the age of sigma event goes down to a much smaller event and other people take it on and it, it becomes a lot smaller uh, if only 40 50 people whatever can play in the event uh, you have to know that like a lot less people are going to end up going to CanCon if they can't play in the event. Fundamentally, they're not going to go. Um, yeah. So I do think that is going to go away. But I I do hope that we still get a replacement, I guess, event of that where it is still the big the big event of the Australian Age of Sigma kind of calendar every year that yeah. can be that kind of two hundred player event. Um, if not 300, try and why don't we try and get the record back from LVO? I don't know if the Australian scene's got it in it, like in terms of players now to to keep up with the US. But um, 
yeah. it will be a shame, I think, if, Look, it's, if it's a pretty the whole good thing drops off. But yeah, it's a pretty good effort considering, like, by just sheer population difference between the US oh, and it's Australia. Insane. Yeah, for for Australia to be up there to hold that sort of title for as long as it did. Um, yeah, with absolutely you know, in compa- in in comparison, it's definitely punching above its weight, <laughs> um, <Yeah>. big time. <laughs> so. Um, I just wanted to also um, shout out to the favorite opponent um, for the tournament. So Eric Karamansian, um, he's one of the OG um, Age of Sigma guys as well. So he's yeah. a stalwart um, Iron Jaws player, loves his Orcs even back in 8th edition and beyond, and, and earlier editions of Warhammer Fantasy, um, been around for ages, Western Warrior uh, through and through, but a uh, good friend of mine and also a legend bloke. And um, so did not surprise me at all. And I was very happy to see him uh, win the favorite opponent um, trophy this year, uh, especially after playing other systems and going off and doing other things for a bit and coming back and then just straight back into AOS and taking out that award. So congratulations, mate. Well-deserved. He, we did want to try and um, grudge, but um, he, yeah, I'd already already been snapped up by, um, by Bradley. So um, (laughs) next, next time we we were like, we were just like, yep, it's our destiny to play. We're really hoping we'd, um, get paired up over the weekend. Um, but, yeah, second place for favourite opponent was uh, Jeremy O'Kell. Uh, third place, Jason Miskushin. Uh Coolest army, as we've already touched on, was um, Sean Benson for number one. Uh, ben Smitty, number two, actually. I mis- um, misquoted before. Um, and Ash McEwen um, for third with his, with his beautiful Gargans. Um, and for the judges' choice, best painted, there was um, first place was Tom Oliver. Um, I actually didn't get a chance to see the army, or I don't oh, know. It's, who... it's beautiful. Yeah. It's the um, the Magikin of Nur- the Magikin of Nurgle fly army with Bellacor. Um, really, I, I actually, never saw it. Yeah, I, yeah, I was lucky. I was lucky. One yeah. of my games, I was next to Tom, so yeah, I was. Right. I think mm. it was potentially my game with Pat. Actually, um, yeah, maybe not sure. Um, but yeah, one of my games. Tom was playing on the table next to me and I saw the army and I was like, Oh, I think I've heard about this army. Um, and then I said like, Oh, are you, are you like, I think I knew his name was Tom. If it was the person that I'd seen online and I was like, are you Tom? Like, are you in Sydney relatively new, etc." And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, cool. Um, the army's like absolutely beautiful. I took photos of it. I think. Um, yeah. I'll just show me because, I don't, I yeah. don't, th- I don't think I actually saw it, and I'm not familiar with his name either. So I was just like, oh, he's fresh. pretty, he's pretty yeah, new. Someone, um, I think he like getting up there, like um, up there with James Lynch, who came second, and also there's for third was Christopher Moore. Um, so I'd love to. I don't think I saw their armies. I'd seen Lynch's army, but um, I hadn't seen Tom's or Christopher's. So it's really, really awesome to see some new names getting up into um, the judges choice best painted category so um that is really encouraging uh to see that i'm super excited yeah absolutely like always yeah. good to have new like new faces and and stuff especially yeah. when when they come in and like it's like a win as well because it's like this is a proper like competitor and new new person um, yeah so oh yeah, wow yeah to I'm... say to say nurgle mm. is beautiful is not something you would normally do but yeah it is a beautiful army yeah, um, like, it's also he's... utter filth because it's fly spam with Bellacore. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, just um, looking at the pictures you sent through now, and yes, I can see why. <laughs> I can see why he's um, he's one of the best um, best painted judges' choice. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Look, I I won't begrudge him that it's Nurgle. 
It's uh, it's still <laughs> it is. It's not the first time Nurgle's won a best a best um, painted like you know Jordan Jordan's won best painted at, um, at Slaughter and stuff. So yeah, Nurgle lends itself to those kinds of awards. Um, yeah, they so, have a lot of texture yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. You can really go to town on those models. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's so. I think. Um, I think that's that's it for CanCon. I think. Yeah. For twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a good good Sunday night with the D three boys. Um, oh yes, yes. Um, doing their tradition of the the salty and sweet. Um, yeah. I got back on the I got back on the drinking. Um, I, I think I did a couple of extra shots to have some extra salty in to just yeah. vent vent my saltiness. Um, yeah. about about my day two experience but um <laughs> it, yeah the, but then the the suite was then literally that like being in the room with like those like 20 odd guys and i i like messaged Corey and geordie and all that and I was like guys come and like come and socialize because i obviously was in the sydney scene so i know them and now i'm up here in queensland so i like hang out with Corey and the simple math boys all the time so i was yeah. kind of like guys like chat to the people in the other teams like they, these are a great group of guys like come and socialize and and do yeah. that and they came and obviously clint and ken came along and yeah we started on the, the latest stuff unfortunately and, yeah. and craig um and everything and um mm. we got quite a lot of us by the end and then um, yeah. yeah it was yeah, a pretty awesome. big night as well i think the d3 boys went off and bought like eight or 10 bottles of soju or something and they were gone very quickly um, <laughs> the soju and, um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a pretty big night again on the Sunday, but um, wasn't feeling bad from uh, overdoing it on the Monday, which was good. Um, so you just flew back on Monday afternoon or something, or Monday lunchtime, yeah. Um, yeah. and then I and then I had a nap because I barely, I did barely get any sleep on the Sunday night though because yeah. Matt yeah. Matt Campbell snores like an absolute bastard. Matt, if you're listening, <laughs> you you genuinely like this isn't me just trying to be funny. You genuinely should go and see a doctor because I got at two thirty in the morning. I downloaded a snoring like app and I put the phone next to my head, not next to his head on the other side of the room. And I shit you not, it has picked up eighty decibels of him oh. snoring. Oh, it is it is like epic on their register and that wasn't even as loud as it actually was if the phone was next to his head so like matt i don't know how you're still married your poor wife you need to go and see a doctor because that will be really impacting your sleep because it impacted mine get a a sleep study (laughs) now he he needs to it was really bad like horrifically bad so yeah matt you need to genuinely go and see a doctor um love you matt but yeah yeah no like this is a genuine thing of like from a place of care you should go and see a doctor because you have a really bad snoring problem um so it meant that i didn't really been the alcohol would have made it worse too (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah, it it was horrific so i barely slept on the sunday night though um but then i I came back to um came back to bris at least i wasn't working on the monday and i got kind of three hours nap when i got home and (laughs) yeah and everything but but yeah that was that was cancon 2023 Brilliant, brilliant. Um, should we uh, take a quick quick break there and then kind of come back and we'll wrap it chat, up? Wrap yeah. it up for the things that we said we would at the start. Sure do. Cool. Another Black Russian. <laughs>
we're back from the break and we're just going to wrap up the episode. So just a few announcements. So I've got a, I'm getting involved with the Goulburn Comic Con. It's on the 18th of March of this year. So at time of recording, it's only about, oh, what's it? 4th of Feb Six today. Weeks or so away. Yeah. So it's a bit of a lead up. Um, it's the 18th. I know it's clashing with some of, I know Vic, Vic GTs on that weekend. Um, and the following weekend is War Under the Mountain up in Orange. So it's there's a bit of there's some conflicts with um, events around. But for those who aren't going to those events who are in the Goulburn slash Canberra or anywhere really um, who are willing to travel for a one day event, um, the Goulburn Comic Con it's uh, it's kind of like Goulburn's version of CanCon, I guess you could say, but like with obviously a Comic Con um, focus. Uh, so there'll be artist alleys and all that sort of stuff and um, all the usual stuff you get at um, Comic Cons. Uh, but there is a tabletop wargaming uh, section, which um, is being facilitated by the Goulburn Games shop here in Goulburn. And I will be um, helping to run the Age of Sigma event on the day. So it'll be a one-day event. I'm still waiting for the details and that sort of thing, but um, looking just a cheeky one-dayer. Uh, so if you're uh, at a loose end and uh, able to make it down to uh, G-Town for the weekend, it's got the uh, Goulburn Recreation Arena um it's going to be a real great day uh real community vibe so yeah get get amongst it i know there's a, a bunch of guys from canberra who are, are keen to come up and we'll have some local guys from goldman of course and um and beyond so hopefully we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll be the best gaming system on the day so that's that's my goal is to make age of sigma great uh <laughs> in, um, <laughs> at uh goldman so yeah that's that's kind of just my little shout out there um, but uh, beyond that, uh, we can maybe now that CanCon's finished and it's kind of into a new year where we've got a few events coming up. Um, I am thinking about going to War Under the Mountain. It's actually the follow, oh, following yeah. week. So I know there's Sydney guys going up to that and the tickets are, are selling um, quick. And uh, Joshy Griffiths and the um, Crutchhammer guys are putting together that event. This will be the third one. So it would be actually be rude of me to not go this year because I've missed out in the last couple of years. Um, so I think I've just, I think I've just done myself in right now. Talk, I've just talked myself into it um, live yeah. on podcast nice. on the podcast. Um, all it took was a couple of little cheeky um, black Russians to get me there. So <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, so that's, uh, that's that. So we're moving on and we've, as we discussed in our last episode, we were touching on maybe doing a um, Tale of Four Gamers. Yep. And we put the word out and we did get some hands hands come up. So we're going to – joining us will be Craig Anderson, um, who people will know very well from the from the, um, the scene and around the place. He was at CanCon as well, one of the uh, coolest army nominees as well. He's got his beautiful sort of Tomb King uh, – Army, OBR Army. So, um, yeah, he'll be joining us with the Tale of Four War Gamers. I know he's already kind of uh, got a bit of a head start with his cruel boys, so that's that's okay. Um, so he'll be joining us. Uh, we'll get we'll get him on the show on the show for our next episode if we can. Um, and also Joshy Griffiths, um, previously mentioned of Orange Frame, the Orange Juicer himself will be coming onto the oh. show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he will come on the show and he'll be joining us for the Tale of Four Wargamers. So I'm not sure what he's doing yet, um, but so that'll be revealed all in all in uh, good time. So uh, next episode, we'll try and get those two boys on and we'll have a good chat about what we're going to do 
but kind of like the basic idea is um yeah people who have who don't know what it is um it's just we get four four guys basically start like a i guess you could say a slow grow start from start from the beginning start a new project and we kind of will do um sort of blog style posts um of our progress and we'll touch base and um, report on our progress and just chat chat hobby and what we want to achieve and what we want to do and what armies we're doing and how everything's kind of coming into play and how it influences us and um yeah plenty of pictures and um hobby porn for us to put out there for everyone to look at and um get sink their eyes into so yeah stay tuned fellas people um girls if they're out there listening i'm sure there are maybe one or two um <laughs> i'm starting to rant now i should shut up um, <laughs> but um yeah no it should yeah. be good um chris rescue save me chris save having, me. having people of chris kind of different now. different talent like hobby level like myself probably being on the lower end in in the group we've got oh don't say um, yourself short chris and then um yeah obviously james is a very good painter and then craig is also a good painter but also does a lot of conversion work epic conversion converter and yeah so yep. and um, a law master yeah. yeah and then josh i don't know what he's gonna do um and that's that's the thing i also still don't know if i even know james what you're gonna do don't spoil it now but um <laughs> will yeah the next episode will kind of be hopefully if we can align schedules the four of us all kind of kicking it off and having a chat and basically saying basically making our commitment saying what army we're gonna do and yep. then the kind of what are i guess this is obviously a hobby kind of gold like a hobby led um kind of thing so we'll be yep. all kind of sharing what our goal is for this new army that we'll all be doing um is it just we're not gonna try and learn anything new we're gonna just do a new army in the same styles that we're used to um but we it's just our next army or is it gonna be we're doing an army and we want to try non-metallic metal for the first time or we want to do an army and we want it to be like all converted if we haven't done that before for example so um yeah. it'll be good uh, good to chat to everyone and find out what the four of us are all going to be doing and then yeah kind of find out about our our own personal hobby goals with that army and then as yeah yeah as james said kind of we'll try and do monthly kind of blog posts um like on the website and and facebook um with our progress um i guess um on each of the armies so we'll try and take as many photos as we can and if there's anything like any new techniques or whatever like kind of do step-by-step step what we learned if we're looking off source material that kind of thing so that for anyone following along that's interested they can whether try out something along with us and hopefully learn i guess from our hobby experiences that we have as we all do these armies and then hopefully kind of six months later all all four of us will have brand new armies that will be cool to kind of yeah. have us playing have us playing on the scene it's in a weird spot with the new ghbs where because they're only six months i like personally i'm not gonna like i'm not doing an army for the GHB. that is that is a list yeah. for the ghb because yeah. by the yeah. time i finished it we're gonna have else. a new one so yeah. it's more <laughs> just what what do i, I think want to do as a project and i'm still not yeah. i still haven't completely locked down what i want to do um, you want to slay some of the gray but um yeah, I just I'm keen to do a new project and yeah, learn 
learn some techniques and stuff like that. But we'll, um, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that kind of on the next one. Um, yeah. And then beyond that, obviously, we've got Sydney Slaughter coming up. So me and James are really starting to kick into planning gear, obviously, with the Mortal Blade yeah. painting competition. And we're going to be reaching out to some people in the community that are, I guess, much more involved in the painting upper echelons um, of the miniature painting scene in, in Australia um, around that. And then, um, yeah, obviously around the GHB, I think we can be fairly confident that the new GHB that's just released will be in play for Slaughter. It will probably be one of the last mm. events, yeah, um, yeah. given the, Ju the June timing, the 10th and 11th um, weekend. Which would um, be great, which would be great because if it's towards the end of the season, it will be kind of like the peak of where people have... Yeah, everyone I mean, will have had Six this. months of practice or whatever or different tournaments have been to in the meantime. Um, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, and it again, it, it the one thing it does help with is because I don't feel like now slaughter is happening at the end of like a one year, potentially stagnant period in the hobby. I don't feel the need to write custom scenarios or do any of that. And that yeah. just means that as we talked about last year, the focus is the painting competition for the mm. point of differentiation. And other than that, we just run a 64 player competitive five round event um, that also has hopefully really high standard of armies and, and the painting competition on the side. And yeah, um, yeah. And everything. So, um, yeah, I guess stay tuned on that. I'm going to hopefully do some work on the website soon to get tickets available um, and put those on and put those on sale pretty soon. And yeah, we'll hopefully yeah. start start selling some merch as well. Um, yeah. Once we've uh, got that aligned. But yeah, otherwise, I think <laughs> that's probably the show. I know it's very late where you are now, James. So. <laughs> oh yes, it is. But um, we're we're on you know this weird daylight saving thing and okay queensland just keep maintains the rage every year <laughs> just, anyway yeah what sooner we'll change back and we'll make it a bit easier to get more probably more frequent recordings um you know might get back to some weeknight recordings who knows yeah we'll have to be <laughs> yeah we'll definitely be doing more regular content anyway at least with the tale of four gamers at least if we're not yeah recording a show we'll still be kind of posting something like every month which will be good um yeah yeah so yeah cool all right well until next time thanks for listening and i'll see you on the next show i'll see you too you've been listening to mortally wounded podcast Contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally. You can contact James on Instagram at Duke Cadrick. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.